0: Ho Ray, me, and we're live. Welcome back, listener.
1: Listeners, we're up to 15 now. 15. So, all those people that are fans in the den, we're finally back. Back in the den. Fresh and new, feeling good about ourselves. Well, not really.
0: We've been in mental quarantine for the past few months. Trying to stave off all this madness by not thinking or talking about it.
1: <laughs> no, the truth is, we just got super busy. You know, life catches up to you, but yeah, it's kind of good because work. it's kind of good though because <laughs> as far as having a content packed podcast, we've kind of let the content well just build not up over be a time. Lack of the content—that's
0: for sure. <laughs> um, as content goes, I think this one. I think this one's gonna probably take the cake. Um, speaking of that issue what do you want to what should which subject should we broach first? i know my favorite
1: well all right let's say let's let's break it down first which subject would we start with and then which one would be like the manifold that branches everything else well see i think based on because it's going to organically flow right but like which one would you start with
0: organically flow that's a Probably the best name for, like, a tampon company I've ever heard in my life. Yep. The organic. Anyway,
1: I think, personally,
0: and because of who we are and your background and my background, I think the one that's probably closest to home is the breaking news about our our dear friend, John Gruden.
1: Oh, Johnny boy. <laughs> so, first
0: thing. Okay, so I have I have so many questions about this. And it's not just... Obvious, the obvious one I have is who cares. But the, so my first question to you is: <laughs> what, Are you ever going to email anybody anything ever again?
1: Never started.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like John Gruden doesn't strike me as a tech savvy guy in the first place. I just I, no.
1: That's probably what. That's probably what got him. Here, he was like, you know what? You know, I'll just I'll just send this. Desktop,
0: just sitting in <laughs> sitting in his rolly chair. Like I could just call him, but I'm just going to type him in an email instead. Like. But you got
1: to put it into perspective. How dumb is he? Like, he's got to know. But it was – He's great with
0: quarterbacks, man. (laughs) He's a mastermind when it comes to offensive
1: game. Let's put this in the context. If if Nick Saban got busted with the same exact thing, would Alabama fire him?
0: Okay, so Oakland didn't fire him. Or Vegas. Whatever. The Raiders didn't fire him. He chose to resign. Now – no, Alabama wouldn't have fired Nick Saban, but Nick Saban, as we all know, is much better at covering his cheating ass tracks than than John Gruden ever has been. I mean, if we can't get dirt on Nick Saban paying all of his players for the past fifteen years, there's no way we're going to catch a email of him saying some hilarious stuff. And so, I'm going to say these things. I know you can't, um,
1: but I can. But like, I can be the but that devil's advocate. I would love to
0: hear your take on so. One of my favorite things I've ever heard in my entire life is what John Gruden called Roger Goodell. Yep. And I'll say it, um, and then you can just tell me how you feel about it. Um, he called him, and a quote, an anti-football pussy. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: which is—it's kind of hard to disagree.
0: <laughs> it's the funniest.
1: It's like the funniest insult I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, Roger Goodell's a nerd, man. Yeah. Like, and nothing against nerds, but like, they're just not like. You know a football guy when you've seen a football guy. Like a football guy is an archetype, right? And that is not Roger Goodell. You
0: wouldn't hire a butcher to fix your car. You know what I'm saying? Right. This right. is why Butch
1: Jones did not work out right at Tennessee, right, or Arkansas State.
0: So the main knock is that the stuff that Gruden was saying was anti—was it anti-gay, homophobic? Um. I've even heard
1: some all the acronyms.
0: Right, right, and, and racist and misogynistic. And when I saw that headline, I looked at it and I said, Yeah, no shit. It's just John Gruden, he's a sixty year old dude from from Tennessee.
1: I don't know many sixty year old dudes who are not like that. Yeah.
0: And he Much it, less an alpha. Well, he wasn't like blatantly saying like this dude he was using the slurs as insults, right? <laughs> But not directed to like, he wasn't calling, he wasn't calling a gay person what he was, what he was saying in the emails. He was just calling somebody. And this was 10 years ago.
1: Yep. It's crazy.
0: Like, do you remember when we were growing up and just the terminology that was acceptable
1: for us? Oh, the, the, the vocabulary has changed and what we're, we're about to have our 10 year reunion. Yeah. And from high school. And just from then to now, and maybe we've grown as people and we've you know matured and whatnot, but a lot of it's just what was used to be acceptable is no longer acceptable. Right. And some of it's justifiable. most of it's mm, I don't mm.
0: justifiable you know uh, the the vernacular has changed even in pop culture. You used to have you know, when we were growing up, people described things as hey, Like, oh, dude, that's gay. Like, that was common. It wasn't like, oh, we didn't... Not like we were immature and we've grown out of it. Like, there were grown-ups in pop culture, musicians, rappers, who said that. Like, it wasn't like we were just being kids and saying dumb stuff. Like, it was common vernacular to describe things like that. I mean, it's... And we were
1: the product of them. Yeah.
0: Everybody's the product of their social culture. And now we're seeing that happening again... But it's just taking... Like, so John Gruden and his status right now as an unemployed old dude is based on the social constructs of something he's not even part of the culture of anymore. Like, he hasn't been part of the culture in, like, popular current culture in 20 years. And he's been, I mean, forced to resign for it. Now, like, everybody has a different opinion on this, but the NFL's pushing him out. Right?
1: Well yeah, that's why he resigned. Right. I mean, it would have been a Donald Stir remember Donald Sterling? Mm-hmm. Who is it, the LA Clippers? Mm-hmm. Owner? Yeah. They basically liquidated his ownership. Right. Because he said some some stuff.
0: Yeah, some racist stuff. Now granted that was pretty racist stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was.
1: So was pretty racist. But like I just got text messages, advs kicking in, but like that would be like Gruden quit to avoid that, right? You know, you know how bad it was. Remember that? Yeah, and that was bad before stuff was bad,
0: right? Uh, So my question is, that was the whole
1: Adam Silver. Yeah, he's banned for life.
0: life. Yeah, he was, and still is. But you know, you know, what's a million dollars? Um, so with the NFL doing this, these emails that Gruden. The correspondence was with other NFL front offices, other NFL coaches, people who are still part of the infrastructure. Crystal ball, what's the fallout from it? What's going to happen?
1: I think he's just going to drift into But does anybody have to go Irrelevance. Is
0: anybody going to have to go with him? Because he wasn't talking to himself. Who was the – To the Washington uh, – Watching football teams, old coach who actually got similar treatment when he did some racy stuff. Uh, some of it was to higher-ranking officials in the NFL. He's the uh, the head of the Players Association. I mean, there's things like that. So there's a whole lot of dirt that could get uncut. dude. If you start digging it, if you start digging at emails from ten years ago from forty-five-year-old
1: men, you're gonna lose a lot of them. Like you're you're gonna lose all of them. You're gonna
0: lose a lot of them,
1: and I mean. In multiple different areas oh, of culture, yeah, and everywhere, and like, I mean, you, if let's say you worked at General Motors, oh, and you were employed ten years ago, and you are emailing back and forth, right. with somebody.
0: Well, I mean, if, if these like
1: were... remember when email was first thing? I remember my dad, yeah, you know, like the funny. They would
0: do chain emails.
1: Chain emails with the funny stuff, yeah. and like it would like a lot of it would be like jokes or like a a bit from uh, like the Chappelle show or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, you, like you can't do that anymore.
0: No, and I mean, we're going to get to the and point And I'm now. not saying,
1: like, you can't do that anymore. I'm, that's not me saying, like, hey, we can't do these things anymore, guys. No, that's me saying, like, we can't, you can't do that anymore because the re- the, there's too much not punishment to with anymore. it. Yeah, you're not allowed to. It's
0: against the new rules. Mm. That's, I mean, that's just a byproduct of where we are. I mean, honestly.
1: But like, where, where's the where's the grace and like where's the gap or like the the threshold of like people make mistakes? Like, no, nobody, nobody's perfect. Like, well, what do you like? Where do where where, where are we gonna head to? Well, like, not, eventually, everybody's gonna be canceled. Everybody's gonna be.
0: Well, it's canceled. not even the fact that you know that's a big aspect of it. Is you know, where's the grace? Where's the understanding or the where is the violation of privacy? When is that going to stop? This is a guy's personal email, a correspondence with somebody else. and Like, everybody, I don't care who you are, has said something in private that would get you just crucified. Every person. Every person has. These are private conversations. That's why they're supposed to be private. That's why they're supposed to stay private. And when do we draw the line on digging up somebody's private correspondence and private conversations like... Ten years ago I mean
1: and what I mean like okay like when when does it get when do when do when does the entire humanity get together and be like okay we're uh, all right we this is enough like we've there's we've done enough like we're good now like we're to the point where like we feel like we've fixed all the societal wrongs like all right we're like okay we're good now
0: well, it's a trick question.
1: You never get there. You don't. And what do you eventually end up with? Every everybody not having a job, everybody being canceled. What I mean.
0: What's the end game? Like, what's the what? What's the goal?
1: Right, and that's what pushes me toward this whole idea that there's this gigantic, huge, culture war being pushed by a political cabal like behind the scenes stuff like stoking the fires of things like like think about it in the nfl if you had to go through like all right things are kind of getting crazy we gotta we gotta find a, another boogeyman another headline news story and you're looking around the nfl like what head coach you're like i bet that guy has said some stuff it's gruden yeah i mean it is and like who else would you pick Belichick's way too calculated. Yeah. Uh, who's who's more of like a, a who's the biggest personality? That's a head coach in the NFL. Who's a bigger personality than Gruden? Who's going to make a bigger headline news story than John Gruden?
0: I mean, outside of Bill Belichick, you got. I mean, we saw Urban Meyer on the news, but I mean, other than that, yeah.
1: But that's self, that is quite self inflicted, yeah. yeah. And that's a different that's a different situation for sure.
0: Um, no, but I mean, you are right when it comes to a personality. I mean, it's, he's he's about as high profile as it gets. I mean, it's a different it's a different world in the NFL. Head coaches are babysitters there, mm-hmm. so a big personality is hard to come by.
1: Um, but like, who's the head coach of the New York Jets? I don't know exactly, but you you know who John Gruden is, right?
0: Shoulda came to Tennessee, Gruden. I don't know, <laughs> I know he, he missed the Should've boat. Never having if he'd have came to the Vols,
1: baby. Oh, by the way, are you going? You, oh, you got to work Saturday, don't you? Oh yeah. I'm hoping I get those tickets, man. I hope so it too. It's gonna be dope. Yeah, I mean Checker Neeland, one o two four five five strong. So we get these, we get this scoop on these coaching tickets, right? So they yeah. send us an email. It's to help with recruiting, obviously. And so they. You're like on the forty yard line, like fifteen rows up. They're really they're it's awesome, sounds free. Awesome. That sounds awesome. And you get you get a, a plus one. So,
0: well, I don't want to talk about the game anymore. We're gonna
1: lose. Yeah, we're probably gonna lose, but we're only three point underdogs right now. So, Hypo, man, I'm impressed. I mean, How's I'm losing on score. I mean, that's all that matters. I mean, that's the, a great equalizer. is a really good offense. Yeah. And then all you got to do is keep get a good D.C. and recruit some guys that can play defense. Mm-hmm. That's it.
0: Yeah, and hope everybody else starts losing like Clemson's doing this year. That'd be great. At least they're not going to keep taking our recruits.
1: This uh, coffee's good.
0: It is good coffee. Folgers, not a sponsor of the show, but, you know, we still give a shout-out to the Folgers. I don't think they need any help, but – Pretty, pretty good stuff over there coming out of that place.
1: Yeah. So anyways, the massive amount of things that have transpired. Yeah. It's- since, let's just chart them real quick. Since, since last time I've done a podcast, the things, that have, the things that have happened are one, because I think it happened first was the border.
0: Yeah, that was happening. That was starting to become an issue the last time we were doing this.
1: Yeah. So. Yep. And I, mean you, we made the argument back in the day. You know, like we were talking about like border security and all that stuff. Right. I was like you don't have to build a wall. All you have to do is demagnetize illegal immigration and magnetize legal immigration. And I think we said that on this podcast.
0: Explain what you mean by that. <sighs>
1: Don't incentivize illegal immigration. Don't make it easy. And then also reversely, make legal good immigration easy. Right. But also legitimate. Don't, you know, know, don't just say, hey, sign this, you're in. Right. And if you look at it, if you look at how population shifts work and how that affects congressional representation, like, if they pass this bill... And these, I mean, you got to think about it, okay? So Texas is a hard red state, but it's kind of got some deep blue pockets. Yeah. Donald Trump won that state by like 75 or 80,000 votes, I think. Yeah. If you look at how many people crossed the border since, you know, January, Inauguration Day, it's like two and a half million. So if you settle those people and get them and for, for the immigrants, it's really not a political spectrum thing. It's just the fact that like who brought us here or who allowed us to stay here. Right. Or who is in control and is not deporting us. Right. They're going to get those votes. Right. You vote in self interest. Yep. And so if they pass this mass amnesty bill and you know, again, if I'm from Guatemala, I'm doing the exact same thing. Like you're not, you're not keeping me out of the United States. I'm going. I'm not staying in right, when I was really I'm not staying in to. Haiti, right? Right. If, I, if I'm a Haitian, I'm not doing it. So anyways, you got immigration right, which is so obviously being done to farm votes, right? It's that's the way it's always has been. And I looked at it too. Uh, the Trump administration brought in a bunch of Cubans and a bunch of Venezuelans. George Bush brought in a bunch of Cubans. Um, and settled them in South Florida to flip Florida red because Cubans vote red, and so because yeah, they hate socialism, <laughs> right? Yeah, they, they can't. Nah, yeah, they can't stand it. But it's like
0: well, it's like their least favorite thing.
1: And uh, but if you you know whoever is the quote unquote savior that allows you to come or brings you in, then you're probably gonna get. That's probably who they're gonna vote for for the rest of their life because it's a big deal. But like if you look at that, you know, like this whole border thing is. Just deliberate and intentional, and it's so easy to see. You know, it's just... And then, you know, after that, you had the whole Afghanistan thing, hmm. which we were texting back and forth about. Yeah, it was bad. Which, that in itself was basically a podcast. Um, but, yeah, that whole thing was bizarre.
0: Yeah, we can go into more detail about that. Um, but what, Let's what, what, keep what, chronicling. the.
1: What came after?
0: I mean, it's... And we said this. We've referenced this. I think in the actually in the podcast that's up right now, um, we referenced the whole sleight of hand bit that this that the political structure is doing. It, it's they're telling us to look over here while everything else is going on behind. So even all the high points that we're gonna hit when we're chronicling all the major events that have happened, it overshadows everything else that is is happening. Just a lot quieter so you know you have the border and you have afghanistan and the whole time that all this is going on we're just we're just slowly killing ourselves with inflation and the job market and all of that stuff is just so quiet behind the scenes and these two things these these events are all correlating There, one thing happens and behind it it's a spike and it's it's just a constant If it was a line graph, it would literally just be at a 45-degree angle just going into outer space with, like, this is, is like, zero shitty, exponential shitty, and we're going straight for exponential (laughs) shitty right now, dude. And it's not, like, it's not coming in waves. It's not going up and down. This is a constant growth, and it's... But it's a cancerous growth. Right, and it's not reversing course. Because, and the reason why it's... It's not going to, you know, people say, oh, you know, we get these, you know, inflation and this comes up and goes down and gas prices and everybody just everybody is just so detached and they don't think anything outside of their sphere is going to affect them that much that they look at their sphere. And as long as everything in their ball is okay, they look at the rest of the, the world and the country as, yeah, whatever. Because right next to me, it's not that big of a deal. Like right next to me, I'm not seeing that big of an impact. But these things escalate and they change over time and they continue to change. If they continue to change in the same direction, it's going to get into your sphere if you don't start paying attention to it. And by the time it's in there, it's too late. When it gets to you, it's too late. You have to look at it before it gets there. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with everybody Is that ah, you know, whatever. It's not, you know, not. So you know, it's only a dollar more for gas. It's only, you know,
1: this. It's well, that's about to get exponentially worse. Oh yeah, the hyperinflation bubble is about to hit, and it's about to hit for a couple reasons. One of them is the dollar printing, obviously, right. And the other one, the second one, is the whole supply chain issue, which is like a number one. Like, domestic policy, like, that has to work. It has to work. If you, like, or if, like, someone like Biden as the president is spread too thin on these multiple catastrophes that's happened under his administration. Yep. If you're going to pinpoint one of them and say, screw the rest, you got to fix the supply chain issue. Because when people start running, and uh, I looked at Twitter today, and one of the guys I know, I'm not going to name drop him, um, but he was talking about, like, hey, like, December is going to get bananas. Like, we're going to run out of, like, regu- like not food. I mean, surely you'll be able to eat, but, like, stuff that you want to get food wise may not be there on the shelf. Like, right. stuff that you want to get for your kids for Christmas is not going to be there. Like, you know, I went into Academy today. And was looking at, I bought some ammo first. That's in, the ammo has recovered, so that's good. Right. But uh, but I was like, I, I'm I'm going to the game Saturday, so I was like, hey, I want to get a, a new Nike, U T shirt. Doesn't exist. Like half the racks, for clothing are like bare. Like they're just. Why is that? Because supply chain, like they can't unload what, the boats.
0: Why is what boats? Where are these products coming from?
1: Overseas. Where at? Mostly Taiwan. Mostly
0: Taiwan. Let's talk about Taiwan a little bit.
1: Taiwan's another deal. Taiwan is about to turn into what I call a flashpoint. Where, or as I like to
0: call it, China too.
1: Right. This is the, and we talked about this. We talked Ford about happened. it. We talked about it mm, a year ago. I, and I told you about my buddy. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, my buddy's over there. They're freaking out right? Yeah. And if, you know, like, politics are what they are. I'm sure a lot of people don't like Trump. I don't like his personality. He's too bombastic and all this stuff. But the, the Taiwan people were freaking out when he lost. Yeah. Because they're like, oh snap. Oh my god, here we go. Like, we, this guy is not going to protect us. And he's not. No. And they're freaking out. Because they're Poland. And we talked about this. We talked about how Taiwan is Poland, in China's Germany. Yeah, they're more like Austria. It's Austria because Austria is number two.
0: Austria, Austria is the country that just Hitler just kind of drove a car into Austria and was like, "Hey, y'all are y'all are Germany again." And that was Hong Kong, and they're like, "Cool."
2: And that was Hong Kong. That's yeah. already happened.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's gonna keep happening. And here is the thing:
2: when like, Taiwan what? goes, Australia's another next. thing.
0: Japan goes next. <sighs> well, people have been battling, dude. That okay? So Europe. In Asia, that their goal for expansion is also centered around the Pacific. If they get the Pacific, then they got it.
1: I would not want to be living in Hawaii.
0: That's nice there.
1: It's a good weather place. It's very nice. <laughs> this is very low humidity. It's just wonderful. We've My both hotel. been. It is so a it's lovely a lovely. It's place. great. I, but there's a reason why Pearl Harbor got attacked in World War II. is because of its geographic location. If you hold Hawaii, it's you hold that midpoint, it. you hold the Pacific.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- that's the that's the plan of action, though. You go from Taiwan, there you go to Japan next.
1: Man, Japan better strap it on.
0: They can't because we demilitarized them.
1: Yeah. So and then
0: who straps it on?
1: we have to we are the
0: occupying force in japan
1: and australia is the other one that was a major ally cuz they're in the south pacific mm-hmm. and the you know the south china sea is that passageway yep. north of australia and australia's doomed because they've they have dude, that's completely b- nuked their whole country like they there's that's a bizarre no, development there's dude. no like okay i could have seen that happening in like thailand or even like Spain, France or France. But Australia? Yeah. Like the like the the most equivalent to the United States as far as culture goes would be Australia. Yeah. And I, they've totally just abandoned every right they've had.
0: Well, well that's what we're seeing a lot of. We see that, you know, you can look into it more. I've talked about Sky News Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, which is already banned in
1: Australia; they're, like, they're not allowed on, uh, in Australia. But I think the, they've been shadow banned on Twitter too, because i uh, yeah, you I follow them, it. but they don't pop up unless and you go it, to their profile you have to go
0: look for them. But the thing, the thing with Australia is, I think we see nobody resisting when we look at the media, but there are people there; like the people are are resisting this. They just. I have already been disarmed. That's a, been a thing in Australia for years. That was they, the nineties. Yeah. yeah, they they don't they can't own guns, so they're literally Crazy. just having a fist fight to get back. And they fist fighting. they toast, man. They're toast. I and mean, you have the people. I mean, you know, you got the bush out there. People can, you know, the, you're not getting to the rural areas, but they're controlling all the major ports. They're controlling all the major cities. They're controlling all the major flow, and. Dude, it like what they're. It looks authoritarian, dude. It sounds authorit. It is authoritarian. It's well, the the one thing crazy. that
1: the one thing that won World War II was our whole capitalist economy and freedom. And like, hey, guys, we have to win this war against Hitler, or else they're going to take your freedom. Yeah, and that's why the Americans were like, okay, we're in. All right. And what are you going to do in Australia? Like, when this thing breaks out against China, and like, all right, guys, you got to. You got to go fight for your country because you hate your country so much. Like, the Australians are like, f- f- no.
0: That's a development of the New World Order, dude. And I know it sounds conspiratorial. Because, it's not anymore, though. Because people said New World Order and, you know, they were talking about lizard people and stuff. But Which we're I'm not. not. Ta- I'm not talking about lizard people, no. even though there is substantial evidence that Hillary Clinton had sex with a lizard person. Now, don't quote me on that. You can look up the sources for yourself. But definitely, she had sex with a lizard person, um, not named Bill Clinton. But, no, you... Dude, this is just a horrible... Like, so, it all ties together. And it it is... Dude, it's like... We are all so small, dude. Like, we're all so small that we don't look... And it's the same thing with the whole, you know, your sphere. But when you look... From a time perspective, how small we are in our just the existence in general, I'm not getting philosophical, but we feel like nothing can happen negatively to impact us. Dude, like we, like the Roman Empire thought that they were never going to go anywhere. They thought they would be there forever. Like, that's why they built gigantic shit out of concrete. They're the Roman Empire. They were like, "We're free forever. We're gonna be here forever. We're never going anywhere."
1: How much does it cost? It doesn't matter.
0: They're gone. Build it. They're gone, and yeah. that that is that is still a reality. We're one of the only countries that hasn't had a complete regime change that still exists today. Half of Europe. Is ba- they're all basically recycled countries with the same name that they used. To. Germany is not Germany like Germany was at the beginning of the 20th century. The same no. thing with Italy. The same thing with France. It's the same thing everywhere. The UK
1: kind of is. They had to change their name. But it's but it, but the UK is more of a geographic thing that leverages in their favor. It's an a, island. They had a
0: war with Ireland. Yep. They have changed the tremendously. RA. They have changed tremendously. They 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 still don't really relinquish ownership of Scotland. Like, there's like Wales. Like, the, like, there's a whole lot of stuff still going on in Europe. We have been virtually unchanged outside of expansion. And there's only a couple other countries that are similar to that. And it's Mexico and Canada because they're beside us. Yep. And that's the only reason that they've had, they don't, they're not stable countries. That's the reason they haven't had a whole lot of overturn is because Brazil,
1: complete change. Yeah. First world country. Now, you know, like, they're, they're pretty. Not they're not COVID heavy-handed, but they're they're go they're not governor, but their president basically named himself president for life.
0: Yeah, well, that was after he got reelected like a third time after a stint in prison for laundering money from the government. Like it's a corrupt system there and their democracy, whatever. But we live in our bubble over here and don't think anything can impact us negatively.
1: And everything that goes on around the world, we're a big UK. Yeah. Because we're an island geographically from the rest of the world. Right. We're far away from...
0: We're just a gigantic landmass of people. We're a very large country population-wise, and not just population, but size. It's It's a miracle we've been a country successfully for as long as we've been one. The fact that people can't wrap their head around the fact that we could go away, or our regime change could happen, or the country could divide, the fact that that hasn't happened yet is an outlier... What's well, historically? It's
1: Constitution. Yeah, Constitution is what did it. Mm-hmm. And this is not me being some you know right right wing Constitution guy. It's just fact. If you look at the way the Constitution is structured, it's built for slow, steady progress, and it sustainability. It lights tyranny on fire at every turn that it can.
2: Right,
0: because that is the ultimate enemy of freedom of, of a free nation and we have people that are willing to relinquish that for social acceptance for less strife for something easier they don't even like we have people who are so scared man when did everybody become so scared of just everything of dying like when did when did when did it happen bro when were people like like, they woke up one day in the middle of a pandemic, and they're like, oh, shit, I can die? Like, did they not know that already? Like, it, that's the bizarre thing to me, is the development of... It's a detachment. It's like what happened, I guess, before... Like, you know, you had the Renaissance coming out of, like, the Dark Ages, right? Mm-hmm. And the original art from that is so, like, just macabre. It's... it's, yeah, it's bland. It's, well, and it's, and it's dark, because they you see the development of certain types of literature. And literature tells a whole lot about society, right? Which is why you look at our literature and it's, you know, Cardi B. And that's how you can tell we're completely screwed because that's our literature. But if you look at Shakespearean literature and things like that, you start seeing this. They start to sense the impermanency of life. And that's the actual thing to study in literature is the impermanency of life is what triggered this renaissance development in art was the appreciation for life itself. You appreciate it. It's the carpe diem. It's the
1: And the, the temporariness of it. Right,
0: the fact that we are fleeting and it's all important and take it all in because they just watched half the world they knew die from a plague. Yep. So they appreciate life. What we've done is we we don't appreciate life to the extent we appreciate being alive, not living it. And that's the quantity difference. over quality, right? I'd rather live for 150 years inside of my house than actually live for 15 outside of it. And that's terrifying when we have come to that is I would rather stay alive than be alive. And those two things are so very different and it's coming from the side of the country that used to be the artsy people and the artsy side and the oh mm-hmm. let's forget the system and all this stuff. Well, that's what's and,
1: crazy. Like the like, you know, me and you probably both identify as classically liberal people. Yeah. Who champion free speech against all measures, right? Okay. Johnny saying some wild stuff. You know, Johnny's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. He's saying some crazy stuff. But you know what? We'll deal with it because we we can't take his speech away because we don't want our speech taken away. De Tocqueville, right? If you you ever read De Tocqueville, one of his famous quotes was like, are you familiar with De Tocqueville? No. So anyways, Alexis De Tocqueville is a dude. He's a high class French nobleman who is a author, a writer, political mind, if you will, pro-monarch guy. And de Tocqueville gets whispers in his ear about what's going on in the United States. This is early 1800s. Okay. So we're just now getting our feet as a country, right? Constitution becomes a thing in 1791. We're just, we're like 15 years into the experiment, 20 years into the experiment, max. De Tocqueville comes over, and his goal is to write a book about how stupid we are and how terrible that this idea of democracy is and, very and how the monarchy needs to rule and how these stupid Americans think that they can rule themselves. So that's his preconception before he gets here. And that's his idea for his book. So he comes over, he's looking around. He's basically like hiding in the bushes, just observing the Americans. And he is completely flipped mind change within like, An hour of being here. Yeah. And his famous quote is, he said, people walk around here, and I'm paraphrasing because he's 1800s French, right? He's like, these people people are walking walking around around like they're a different species of human. He said, I've never seen people walk this way, talk this way, act this way. Never seen it before. And he's like, the actual quote I can almost quoted. He said that the the lowest classes of people have the highest notions of political rights and they refrain from ta- from attacking other people's political rights so that they so that theirs themselves aren't infringed so basically what De Tocqueville is explaining is the exact opposite of what we have here today whereas like me and you who Beautiful. are classically liberal free speech free everything err on the side of freedom regardless of the cost that the liberal class now is the inverse of that where it's like no freedom air on the side of security air on the side of safety and really truthfully the the solution is probably somewhere in the middle right covid's dangerous it can hurt you you should probably be you probably should take the proper pre- precautions you know what i'm saying but you got to keep moving forward you can't you know what i'm saying you can't tell you can't people down. what
0: to you can't just tell them what to do like There are laws. We agreed to that. We didn't agree. See, but
1: Eastern cultures, they don't have that mindset where they're like, like we're sitting here saying you can't tell people what to do. But in Eastern cultures, like that's like they don't even, that's not even a thought that crosses their mind. Yeah. So our political class. That's why I haven't
0: moved to India yet.
1: (laughs) Our political class is looking at the Eastern model. And They're saying we got to do that here, so we can. Those get- people
0: look really efficient and easy to handle. Because <laughs> they are. Yeah, that's why India has however many, what like a, the largest population of any country, yeah, like two billion. S- right, the smallest concentrated population in the, on the planet. That's how they haven't just broken out into mass chaos yet, because everybody lives under the thumb, dude. But
1: China as well. That's China's- not
0: what we. That's not what we fought for and signed up for here. No, that's not who we and, are.
1: And we're conditioned to push against that by our nature because that's what we've lived under right but we're just a generation away from people not pushing back right because then then you know 30 years minimum or 30 years maximum it could take five years hell it could take 10 months and we're completely under the eastern model the same way that australia is we're like, hey, the people in authority tell you what to do, and you do it. And, like, they're okay with that.
0: It's the difference between staying alive and living. And that's... Uh, that's, that's the crossroads we're at, man. and that And that's where people have to draw the line at some point. But I am on John Gruden's side that we are in a country full of anti-football pussies. And that is the biggest problem with this place right now is that we are soft, man, and we're scared. And I think, you know, there's a whole lot of people who are like, there's no way that there's that many people who think this way. And I have lost that faith, man. I think there are that many people that think this way. I think there is a large portion of this country that are like, yeah, man, just stick me. Let's go. Like, and just, just they don't care. And they they're just little bitty robot people, spineless. They just don't have any sense of self-respect. And they're going to keep on. They just, I just let me stream my video games and let me do...
2: But it's
1: the, it's the most bizarre thing because like... You, and what it points to is the lack of awareness that our political class... They have no idea what the average American is like or does or what they believe in. They have no idea what who we are. No. Because they're the way that they're approaching this vaccine and the way that they're like trying to sell it to us is like we're like 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 kindergartners. Like they think we're idiots. Right. And I'm like, if you just changed up a couple ways of doing stuff, you would get maximum input you would get maximum participation but the way that they're doing it where it's like like hey you gotta get it guys yeah. you gotta get it and i'm like
0: well they like tried that's that. what makes me suspicious of it and now they're moving to that in work so we're doing the or else method right it's like yeah that's not gonna that's that's okay so the two ways you tried those are the worst two ways but the or else method You should have not... That's a bad one. Because that's going to make people out of sheer defiance not do it. Regardless of information. You're not going to get people... 1st you're not going to get people to do something they don't want to do. Period. Especially... You got... You're trying to convince the portion of the country that didn't vote for you... To do something that they already don't want to do. Like, you there's like you said there's a disconnect man there's a there's a giant disconnect
1: there's no and trust they okay the, the the biggest problem behind the whole covid response and the vaccine is that it has become politically polarized like everything else and they're the ones that drove the political polarization so you can't you can't drive something and make it politically polarized and then expect people to do it so, think about it this way. If Trump would have won the election, who would be the unvaccinated group right now? Democratic people. Probably. I have kind of a a differing opinion or kind of i a, 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 I'm in conflict with myself because I kind of think a lot of them wouldn't get it because it's Trump's vaccine. But I kind of also think a lot of them would get it because they're more risk-averse. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like they're they're they they tend to be the more risk averse group, whereas conservatives, gun owning, playing football, acting wild and crazy, we're we're not the more risk we're not risk averse at all. Right. Right. So I kinda I don't know, but I think you would have majority of the left not vaccinated if Trump wins the election. Cause are they gonna listen to him? If Trump says, no, hey, well, I mean if, anyway, if Trump so. if Trump used the same tactics that the Biden administration is using right now, oh, where it's from. like, hey, we're going to try to coerce you into getting it, and then when you don't get it, we're going to be like, hey, you got to get it now. If Donald Trump is on the national stage saying to the American people, you got to get the vaccine, you got to get it, I'm going to go and tell you, the left wouldn't be getting it.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, that is... So you, you talk about the divide that's been created politically, right? It's been created by politicians. You, I, I have to, for my sanity, assume that they're not all just completely stupid and oblivious to that fact, that it's got to be something intentional, something part of a plan. I'm not saying it's a coup, but it's a coup. Why would they do this? What is the incentive gain for this course of action.
1: Well, I have a couple ideas.
0: You're gonna say theories, but then you're like theories is no and no, the theories. Well,
1: okay. Down. So I'll start with the more. I'll just. I'll, I ain't even gonna say the other one because it's. I don't is even the lizard people one. No, no, no. I'm not a lizard people guy. It's That's possible, That's but what a lizard person would say. <laughs> but, but my thought is that okay think about this way all the high-ranking establishment politicians on both sides are uniform in their message they're uniform in their ideology and basically that's the whole thing that's driving a wedge in between the country so what you have is mass population shifts people are leaving blue states who are republicans and they're moving to red states and a lot of the uh Data is also showing that a lot of blue state people are leaving red states to go to blue states. So think about it this way. A lot of retirees are in Florida, Democrat people, older, scared of the virus. They don't like the fact that Ron DeSantis basically has Florida wide open. And so they're they're going back to where they're from, like Illinois, New York, wherever. That population shift is happening. So what I think is that we weren't divided as a country geographically as much, but we were divided as a country ideologically, and that all these things that they're doing are pushing us into a geographic divide, which, in my opinion, sets the stage for a legitimate conflict. The same thing happened in the 1850s right? If you were anti-slavery, whatever it was, abolitionist, you moved, right? right. Approaching the Civil War, you moved, you left. A lot of slave trading was going on in the north. In order for those people to keep doing their business of slave trading, they moved south, right? So it's kind of the same thing that happened here, but I think this is more purposefully driven. I think this is a lot of Chinese money a lot of outside influences that want to see the destruction of the United States and they, and they're the politicians in this country are acting as foreign agents and they're driving a wedge in between the American people and they're now dividing them geographically to set the stage for a second civil war
0: so you think
1: it's a it starts as a cultural war and then ramps into a Physical conflict.
0: So you think the end goal is an actual physical conflict. I don't think that, and, and this is where.
1: Now, who knows what, like, we're in fifth gen warfare right now. And fifth gen war, warfare is like what you seen, like the war in Iraq, insurgencies, counterinsurgencies. Right. This would be sixth gen. So like, so like Halo 3. No no yeah, it's true. it doesn't we don't know what it is. We don't know what it's going to be. It's probably going to be a lot of cyber stuff, um a lot of uh war of attrition type deal um so so many things are so many things work on the basis of electronics and six gen warfare and we can go through the multiple generations of warfare you know like first gen would be like caveman fighting bashing someone's head in with a rock. Second-gen warfare would be like clans using tools, meeting each other on the battlefield. Whoever has the most might just wins. Right. Uh, Third-gen warfare would be what the American Revolution was, um, where we started adapting, instead of just lining up and shooting at each other, the, the U.S. Guerrilla tactics. Guerrilla warfare tactics. Uh,
0: actual tactical Developments and then battle.
1: Fourth gen warfare would be what was developed in the American Civil War, where you're focusing more so on supply chains.
0: Start hitting points of like ports
1: and right. Yeah, you're going to meet each other on the battlefield. There's going to be slaughter. Another key aspect of fourth gen warfare. The first modern war was the U.S. Civil War. So you like cavalry tactics, flanking, use of navy. Cutting off supply chains, Sherman's trench march. trench warfare, Sherman's march, good example. Fortune warfare lasted all the way up until World War One. So, like the trench the warfare, War. the trench warfare, Civil War, that style, that fortune warfare lasted all the way up until the until we World were technologically
0: advanced enough to develop human killing machinery
1: and like, and air, right? And air, the the, the thing, that, the reason why. I, trench warfare was abandoned in World War II, as opposed to World War I, is movement could happen a lot faster. Yeah. So the idea wasn't to, like, gain ground using trench warfare, but to just beat the guy to the next spot.
0: Right. Well, I mean. And before, set up shop. In World War I, you still were underdeveloped when it came to air power, when it came to especially, like any, like you said, quick movement. Like World War two you could you dig a hole in a trench and you could just get carpet bombed you you yep. get tank like you roll tanks in and it's over um, but yeah so that's what was that you said fourth gen
1: that's fourth gen fifth gen would be what you see emerge see. Uh, in in World War two was what we call modern warfare um, where you are holding it's a lot like fourth gen as far as you know holding key points right? Right. There's a reason why we had to do D-Day the way we did it. It's because there's no other entry. To
0: kill Nazis.
1: Yeah, there's no entry into Europe because the Nazis held every point, right? They There's a reason why he took Poland first. It's because Eastern Europe, there's a, a mountain divide. So Hitler pioneered. He did, yeah. And it was really more so his generals. He wasn't really that smart of a, a military guy. but
0: Incredible military strategist, yeah. In World War Two, Right.
1: But Hitler and uh, Joseph Goebbels were the ones who created the insurgency, right? Get people ideologically driven. Identify an enemy. And right?
0: with a country that size you can take over the world.
1: Correct. And what I want to get into later is a thing that, it's a theory I've been thinking upon. Sting theory? Kinda. No, it's not even close. Damn. But it is uh transfer wealth warfare. Which we don't have to get into it. let's finish this first right, part. Right, but yeah. so fifth gen warfare, you see this emerge, World War Two, is what we've been operating under war in Iraq. Go in you have modern machinery, airplanes. It's a it's a it's a trident, right? It's a three-pronged attack, right? Right. Land, water, air. Um, but then you see insurgencies and counterinsurgencies approach where the opposition is more ideological driven, which harkens back to fortune warfare. So anyways, what is is Gen Warfare going well, to gonna be? It's going to be more technological.
0: In, when it comes to the, the war in Afghanistan, and you're not talking about Desert Storm, which is a is World War? It's, it's the same gen as World War Two, but you got to think about the elements of Afghanistan. How it kind of reverted back to like a what would you say Gen Four because of who we were fighting against. They were fighting gen. gen Four yeah. tactics. Whereas if we were fighting against, you know, a different enemy, they would be on the same. Plane then it, as us. then it,
1: it, yeah. If we were fighting a first world country in a real war, right? Then then it, it would have jumped to sixth gen. But we weren't. And we would know what six Gen would look look like. Right. But we didn't. We were fighting. If the Cold
0: a, War would have come to an actual head of fruition, we would have found out quicker.
1: And the Cold War is a good anecdote for. Where we're going. What six Gen Warfare is and right. what six Gen Warfare looks like. Where it's more like. You have two. You're making big moves. We have but two they're alpha, unseen. You have
0: two alpha entities that for the good of the planet cannot meet on the battlefield. Mm-hmm like that is why the Cold War existed because no matter the opposition, no matter who was running it, no matter what the ideology differences were, what we wanted to do with this what we want the outcome to be heads of both of the United States and Russia knew that this could not go to war right? without the entire world going under for it
1: so if, if I had to chalk up anything to six gen warfare then it's Purely electronic and secondly, purely ideological tried to get the opposition country to fight themselves. Right. And really, you know, if you look at it, we're probably in the midst of it right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I if, you, if you're looking at a culture war, we definitely already have a culture war going. We already have a... We, we already are doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean... There hasn't been a... Every war that the United States has been in, there's been a catalyst. There's been a tipping point. We have not reached that tipping point yet. Now, progressively over the years, it has taken more to tip us as a country. That's that's true. And you look at any war that's developed, especially, you know, you look in the 20th century, modern era, you, you know, we had to escalate that tipping point. If you say, you know, the single Lusitania was always during World War One, mm-hmm. then it had to be Pearl Harbor during World War Two. then we had to kill, they had to kill, how many Americans died on 9-11 to get us into Afghanistan? Like, I mean, like, that's what it took. It took, yeah. it takes. It's a flashpoint. It's a huge catalyst. What is that
1: catalyst going to be? How much. I think we're staring down the barrel of it right now because, like, with this, like, with this, I mean, I don't know if, you got to think about it. There's a certain percentage of this country that is not going to get vaccinated under any circumstances.
0: Uh, 100% of this room.
1: Correct. And, I mean, I got, I'll show you the paperwork. I got antibodies that are through the roof. Proud of it, right? We're, We're going on. A, a year and uh, you know, several months of the antibodies for me. Right. So I'm, I mean like it's just, it's not, I'm not doing this It's it's not going to happen. Right. It's just not going to happen. The flashpoint is, I mean, if, if they stick with this and he, he does an uh, unconstitutional vaccine mandate, you have a president who's supposed to be handling foreign policy Mandating hard, hard, hard-lined domestic policy, which I would also like to say that on I the am lines f- of politics. Thankful
0: that he's not handling much foreign policy.
1: Yeah, because well,
0: he's destroying domestic policy anytime he touches it. If he pushes a vaccine mandate through, which is the most unconstitutional thing he could do, other than you know everything else he's done so far.
1: And let's be clear. Is that a tipping point, though? It's hard to tell.
0: I feel like we're too conditioned. I feel like the majority of the people are too conditioned, or way too conditioned, to do anything about it. I don't think that there is enough spine left in this country
1: to do anything about it. Here's where... If it does happen, here's where I tell you it will happen. Is because, you know, I teach government. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that. And one of the things we discuss in class is that more so people mimic their government more so than government mimics its people. Okay. So if you're under a. Did you write that? That's beautiful. Mm, Yeah. It's. I don't know. It's an idea that did pop into my head, and then I kind of looked at all the various, like looked at all the various anecdotes, and I I came to a consensus that it was truth. Okay, but it is right. So if, yes. you, if you're in California and it's and you have those policies, you know, unless you're just willing to straight up leave California, then you kind of bend to those policies. If you're in Tennessee and you're under our Tennessee's policies, then unless you're willing to leave Tennessee, then you're gonna bend to those policies. So p- people tend to mimic the system of government that they're under and the only way it'll happen where people actually buck the mandate is if their state governments also go against it and the state governments take some CO Jones, Mm -hmm. some cojones and say, Hey, We're not doing that, and then people can look at that and attach themselves to that hierarchy, to that leadership, and say, okay, my government told me that we're not doing this, so therefore I'm not doing this, which we already talked about it, the geographical divide in this country. If you have someone like Ron DeSantis and Bill Lee and and Greg Abbott and all these Republican governors, they're like, hey, we're going against the federal government. And then at that point, all it takes is a flashpoint, which would be federal troops moving into whatever state it is to try and get the governors under control. And then the National Guard answers to the governors. They don't answer to the federal government. And then do you have a, like Little Rock, Arkansas, desegregation type thing, or Kent State, Right happening, so here's the problem though, back then, like you had the Kent State riots, right, and you had the Little Rock, Arkansas, desegregation, people rioting, some people died, all this stuff like this. We are to a point in this country right now, where we are fifty I'm just throwing out a a number here, like fifty to sixty times more juiced in a crazy way than people were back then. Like, yeah. like people weren't talking about a civil war over desegregation back then. No, And if you look at something and desegregation wasn't a thing that went along political lines either. That was a geographical thing. That was a south and north yeah. which at the time was not geographically divided among democrats and republicans. It was kind of a mixture everywhere. And we can get into how that mixture turned into hardline lines of political uh, yeah. sections, I guess. But and all it's all LBJ, it's all his fault. Um that that guy. But re- regardless, like if we like we're looking at like like if he like he's pushed like back, like the deadline's december right and what he's doing what Biden's doing is using the corporation is using the private sector to enact policy from the public sector cuz the public sector can't do it constitutionally right and he knows that so he's getting corporations to do it and if you have republican governors and different governors throughout the states saying no we're not going to do that then you have then you have line drawing so will individual like okay th- will like individual militia groups rise up and take back the government in a civil war no will they follow the leadership of their state governments absolutely but it depends on who your governor is and what this is i mean this isn't this is eighteen fifties US. Like this is the exact same thing that happened back then. Almost. Yep.
0: Almost. And I would like to get into that more. I'm gonna take a quick break real quick. We're at the hour mark. Um, take a quick break we're gonna come back and get into that some more also alternative theories on the direction if it doesn't go to a war maybe what a war means culturally or or any any other way we'll get into more of that stuff after this break.
1: So when you just start it does it keep one clip? Oh yeah, we're back now. So it's just, you don't have to, it. don't you don't have to go in and cut them together.
0: No, no, it's 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 connected clip. That's cool. It's good. Good for a nice bathroom break after the hour. Feeling better? Oh, feeling feeling less full of piss and a little bit more fully great information to give out to our couple of listeners who i do appreciate it i know you guys existed until uh until jake told me that's great i hope you guys tell your mom about this podcast and (laughs) all your little liberal friends tell them about it as well and they can listen to it and don't tell them nothing wrong
1: being liberal actually Just I don't to, be totalitarian.
0: I, was, I, I wanted to talk about that because I don't think that the classification of liberal for the the current Democratic Party is correct.
1: And I don't think people that are identifying themselves as liberal understand what that word means.
0: Yeah, they don't because that's not like... What Liberals
1: like freedom of choice, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. All you do is
0: just put neo in front of it and it just means something different. They're neo-lipers. I'm
1: never... I'm, I teach government. I'm a poli-sci guy. Didn't didn't major in it in college, but this is what we do, right? Yeah. And the whole Neo thing, I've never understood the use of that word.
0: So, it's used to describe the main character of the Matrix trilogy, um, played by Keanu Reeves. If you've never seen it, don't watch anything besides the <laughs> first one. But to my to my knowledge,
1: Neo. There's a there's a, a, a fourth one coming out. There shouldn't be. I agree. <laughs> there shouldn't be. It's going to be like, okay. And then he's like, I'm adopting this alter ego named John Wick. Ah, or he goes back into the twist. Matrix.
0: And then he goes into the Matrix and he's coaching a team full of little black kids. and No, he gets, no.
1: here's what happens. He gets to the end and he's like, you know what? Just give me that blue pill. I, this is too much. Yeah, and then he goes back into the Matrix and he's John Wick. Yeah. Or and he's, he or he's
0: Constantine.
1: Yeah, I never
0: watched that movie. It's creepy. It's pretty good though. It's like so you know how the Matrix is? It's I do. like that except for his name Constantine.
1: <laughs> you know how John Wick is? So it's is? Keanu Reeves playing Keanu it's Reeves. It's like Reeves. that
0: except for is he's called Constantine instead of John Wick. It's like, you hey, know,
1: real gun guy. Keanu Reeves is. Yeah. He's an actual gun guy. It's pretty cool. That's good. How I'm are you liking? Not sure that? He's a real guy. How are you liking that old boomstick you got? Are you liking it's, it? It's nice. We're not going to designate the name of it, but
0: right because I don't. Well, they know about that one.
1: People tend to classify these things as assault rifles, and they're not. So we'll just call it the boomstick. But
0: you keep infringing on these rights, and it will
1: be. <laughs> but you are liking it.
0: Yeah, dude, it shoots. Shoots true.
1: Have you got it sighted in yet? Yeah, oh yeah, that's good. it's good. Sighted in. Um.
0: But you know, going back into the assault rifle conversation, let's go ahead and dive back into the social political divide that we're experiencing right now. So you think that the potentiality is so? you So we have segregation of of ideology that's coming. And it's going to be an actual geographical divide eventually. Red
1: states are getting redder. Blue states are getting bluer. Yes.
0: Okay. Um. So, my, which
1: makes the swing states, battleground states, right? Literally
0: battleground <laughs> states. Um, so, my question to that: when you look at the the benefits of it, is there is there an actual political benefit from dividing the country to the point of destruction?
1: No, and 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 again, let me be clear: this, uh, this is not something that I'm advocating for whatsoever, at all. I think it's outside influences, outside money is driving this on purpose. Because For if what we're game? divided and we're severely weakened, then someone else can take the, the mantle of number one.
0: Is it that simple though? Because I, I don't think it is. I don't think that conquest is the answer. I don't think that, I don't think it's a pissing match. I think that, The idea of the United States to the world is too valuable to destroy it and expect the global economy and the global structure to remain unchanged. I think there is a sense of stability that comes with the fact that we are globalized. And I think that that's what I was saying, that I think it's different than the Civil War. I think that you have to look at it from here. Yeah, it's similar when you look at it through that lens when you look at it as the impact to the global structure this is too valuable of a nation we're not botswana we're not we're not you know we're not even brazil oh if
1: we go down yeah. it, it, it what r- happens it ripples everywhere
0: right so
1: i think i, I, mean, I don't I,
0: think we can go down i think if this is if this is an outside working in infiltration that we will remain the same thing with different people pulling the strings. I don't. I don't think that if if the idea is an outside entity taking over, if that's what the divide is created for, is to destroy the fabric of this country so that somebody else can take top dog. I don't think it's beneficial to anybody, even the people who are trying to take this country. To, it's not beneficial to China to be like, well, this is China now. Like the world will not handle that well. I think that there's enough foresight seeing how World War II played out to know that you can't just go into this country make it something new and expect it not to be a massive we're way too globalized now. Yeah,
1: I agree. And and let me be clear. I think if, if that happens then you're talking about some some biblical style things happening, some yeah. Revelation style things happening because the way that you know there's a reason why a World War III has never happened is because of the nuclear bomb. That is the only reason why World War III, Mad. III hasn't happened.
0: Mutually assured destruction. Yep. And that's that's what staved off anything from the Cold War too. But so that those reasons are why I feel like. I feel like there is influence. I don't feel like there is incentive gain for another country in our destruction. So I do feel like this is a elitist overthrow. I feel like this is a new world order. But I don't feel like it's specifically So you're from, saying it's like a
1: revert back to monarchy? Yeah, or Olig- oligarchy.
0: Yeah. It's it's uh was a feudal system. Yeah. It's the ruling class is taking back what they what they lost with, you know, freedom and
1: and, and the, I, so I, I could see that happening and honestly, that'd be a better alternative. And, but one one factor that's not taken to account with that theory is inherent evilness and the fact that most humans are not inherently evil. I don't believe that they are. That's kind of a Rousseauian ideology. Right. Whereas, if you look at it, like a Hobbesian Thomas Hobbes ideology, he th- he thought that humans were inherently evil, so they needed a ruling class to keep them in check. Rousseau was like, "Nah, son, everybody's mostly good. Let them govern themselves." Yeah. What would what the only thing that could bot that theory is if people are actively evil and are seeking that destruction. Like it's Hydra. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's it's or it's Thanos. You know what I'm saying?
0: There are varying degrees of evil. They're called different things. This is not like psychology or anything that I read from a book. This is this is just totally from my perspective. And you could debate me on this if you want to, but you're just listening to the podcast, so you can't. You don't know me, so whatever. Just shut up and listen. But there are varying degrees of evil. And like I said, they're called different things. I think that self-preservation has evil tendencies. I think that, I think that when you look at a, a classist overthrow, it's not... Completely, fundamentally, inherently evil for those people because they don't call it evil. They don't see it as evil. They see it as preserving their way of life, or they see it as they deserve this. I think that's a huge thing. They see it as we are lesser than they are. In overall, they do do think that. Yes, they think that. They think that we're. They think we're dumb. They think that we're easily manipulated. Which, if y'all keep listening to these people, then they're right. Like all I've seen over the past two years is how easily manipulated people are, and like I'm not coming at this from either side of a political spectrum. I'm coming at this from just outside looking in. You can't just believe everything. No, like, <laughs> you can't. You can't just sit there. When did? When did people become so okay with just? Believing something that somebody who you don't know said on a TV, or like it, it, like it's baffling in the skepticism age where Bush did 9-11 and we we think that we did Pearl Harbor, and there's lizard people in the government, and aliens are there, and all of that. But we believe this bullshit. It is my. It's like we got so numb to everything and we've blurred the lines between reality and what's fantasy and we're just like well yeah well the rest of my life is zombies and shit on tv so this is probably the most realistic thing i've heard yeah bush did do 9-11 and trump's an asshole and he's a fascist and he, and he wants to be an authoritarian ruler and so he's a bad guy so we we'll listen to these guys because they're good guys and you know
1: i don't really give a shit and this, this is. This was where we will segue into the transfer of wealth theory that right. I have, because I think if we marry mine and yours ideas, one of them mine being that there's maybe some inherent evil at play, and yours being that this is a classist overthrow. Yeah. Greed plays a role in both of those, right? And if the you, ultimate evil, man. It is. And it's really one of the things that can give you worldly power. So what I'm going to discuss is this concept of everything. If you trace things back and look at things, everything boils down to a transfer of wealth scheme. Okay. So what class in this country is in full-blown collapse economically? What economic class? The middle class. Exactly. Who holds... The majority percentage of wealth in this country currently surprisingly yes middle class still, still the middle class right still middle class okay if you look at 1930s Germany okay who was the wealthy class in Germany who were the doctors the lawyers the merchants the bankers
0: in the 30s
1: in Germany No. Damn. The middle class. Nope. The lower class. Nope. Weird. It's an ethnic group. Jews. The Jewish people.
0: Or also known as the Jewish people. I'm sorry.
1: So if you're, if you are in 1930s Germany, okay, and you're a, what Hitler would call call an ethnic German, which wasn't a thing. You're just an Anglo, okay? And... (laughs) majority of business owners, majority of people who control the wealth in the country, who do all these, who are the, now, they were also building Germany into an economic power. We know that there's various outside influences from other countries post-World War I that hurt, hurt Germany yeah. economically. But the rebuild was happening, and it was happening with the Jewish people. Adolf Hitler sees this, he wants to be a tyrannical leader he wants to be a totalitarian leader he wants to control the world okay but first he has to transfer wealth in his own country to himself and to his ruling class and the only people standing in the way are the current wealth holders who are the Jewish people okay so if you look at Jewish people overwhelmingly quite peaceful overwhelmingly very economically savvy, overwhelmingly just overall efficient, okay? If you're looking at that and you're like, okay, I have to somehow build my Third Reich. I have to build up my people. And I I have to get them to believe in an ideology that we're somehow superior. Well, the first thing you got to do is transfer wealth. You got to transfer wealth from... The class that is not you, you you gotta transfer their wealth into your class okay so if you look at that if you look at the holocaust like what leverage did hitler have to say that the jews were inherently evil there was none there wasn't any there was he had no grounds to say oh this is the cause of all your problems this is the cause of um Germany's issues is this class of people. It really wasn't. That was the economic class that was helping rebuild Germany. But in order for him to succeed, he had to transfer the wealth. What did COVID do in this country? Small businesses went where?
0: Uh, Out of business.
1: Right. And those, and it's really not money, but it's, you know, market share. Which is money. transferred to corporations and corporations are now an acting arm of the left wing in the political system like amazon zuckerberg walmart target you name it
0: these are pro big government companies now
1: they are because they are the government they are they are an acting arm of the government and it's really that simple right so one of the studies showed that in Georgia, Facebook's manipula- manipulation, <laughs> Facebook's manipulation of content in Georgia accounted for a net boost of like eighty thousand votes to Biden. Well, he only won by like thirty something. So allegedly, allegedly, right? So now, if you just look at the raw data. That's electioneering. That's election fraud. That is rigging an election. Right. If you get an outside source who controls m- news and controls media and cr- controls all these things, we already know that TV's already gone left. The TV TV's gone. Well, they I mean, already they've held TV for a long time. Right. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News is full, bu- but, but full the, of a bunch but of. But the big thing
0: is this is a redistribution it's, it's not the fact that we know that there are leaning. There are right-leaning and there are left-leaning TV shows and TV channels, and those are privately funded corporations. They don't control the flow of information. It would be the equivalent of Facebook censoring and taking, just for people who don't understand, Facebook taking away information from the public would be the equivalent of if there was a blanket cable network or if all the cable networks got together, like TV and Dish and all these got together and said, we're taking Fox News off. That's the yep. equivalent of what Facebook is. It's a media outlet. It's not the fact that, yes, there are left and right-leaning entities. That's a thing. And if Facebook wanted to be a left or right-leaning entity, it can't be a mass distributor of information. It would be the equivalent of your TV provider not airing Fox News. That is, that is electionary. That, that is what that is.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it all comes down to, to market share like what percentage of the market share of social media is left? All of it. All of it. Yeah. Television is 80-20 and that's 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 gracious. It's probably actually 95-5.
0: Yeah. I can't even watch TV anymore, it drives me insane.
1: Other than Fox News. I can't
0: watch commercials.
1: It's they're horrible. Yeah, I mean everything. So what you've seen is like the left-wing ideology has crept into every aspect of everyday life in America. Yes. It's in the education system, it's in the media system, it's in music, it's in sports, it's in everything. Right. Right. And when you look at something that's as powerful as social media and that's as powerful as television, like why do you think why do you think there's still like very conservative, very rural people that are still southern democrats? It's because of CNN. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. It's it, it because of CNN. When was Fox News created? In the 90s. Right? And they're just old... Stupid. I mean... Like, if you've always watched CNN, you're going to keep watching but CNN. But isn't it... Isn't it... And CNN wasn't always partisan.
0: Isn't it, though, like... I get all of that, and I understand all that, but... Why... This party? You know, that's what we need to look at, is why... Is it happening with this party? What are they doing?
1: Transfer wealth,
0: right? What are they doing to ensure? Because what is what is big government's goal, right? Big government needs funding, right? Big government has to have money to survive. It's a self-preservation. Self-preservation. Yep. And that that is why you know you look at it, it doesn't make any sense because you look and you say okay so Trump was giving tax breaks to larger corporations to boost the economy to create more jobs they're making more money if corporations make more money then you make more money if they're doing it the way that you're supposed to do it in a capitalist system but the financial backing of a party that says look we will destroy your competition they're giving you tax cuts we're giving you all of the business Here's the numbers. This is a spreadsheet. This is what you'll make. You'll have to pay we're gonna get rid of the tax cuts. It doesn't matter. This is how much money you're gonna make instead. Right, because so because we're gonna destroy your competitor.
1: And 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 here's the number one anecdote that proves that. It's like why are billionaires overwhelmingly in favor of higher taxes on themselves?
0: Because it means higher taxes on their competitor. Their competitor can't handle higher taxes. Mike Newman the best damn mechanic I've ever had he's the only person I could take a car to and he wouldn't just screw me over and charge me an outrageous amount he'd get my car fixed he'd do a good job yep he had to stop doing it because they were charging it it was during the Obama administration they were charging him he's like dude by the time I I get my business tax taken out my small business tax taken out and everything I get taken out he's like I'm up to like 28% of my profit 28% is not sustainable for a small business. It's sustainable for a large corporation that's making exponential amounts of money.
1: Because the corporation doesn't really care how much they pay in taxes if they hold 100% of the market share.
0: Right, because they're making 100% of the money.
1: Which is why they're overwhelmingly pro-left wing. Because Because the left wing is driving out any sort of competition that those corporations have. And in return, the corporations are like, okay, we're on board with this. You drive out our competition, and we'll flip you back the money.
0: Yeah, and we'll create more jobs. Looks it's good the same on everybody. It's the
1: same concept. If you're the mayor of Chapel Hill, and I own a paving company,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I say, hey, Dane, get me that paving contract for Depot Street. Mm-hmm. Give me that contract. I'm not going to make a crazy amount of money, but I want the future contracts. Right. And in return... After I get my pay cut from the tax dollars, I'll flip you back 20 grand.
2: Yeah,
0: I'll give you more. Yep. I'll give you more, and we won't bitch about it, and we'll keep you mayor. Yep. And, th- and that's what we're doing. So now the problem is we have these media outlets. We have these social media outlets that are corporations. When those, when those things intersected, when it stopped becoming about delivering news and started becoming about agenda, that's when it all went south because – now you can get in the pockets of these corporations it's all about greed it's all about self-preservation it's all about money dude
1: and really the i mean money is money but really the only true currency is power right and if you control 100% of the market share then you, it, money is a moot point at that point it, Yeah. It, it doesn't it's it's a it's a fictitious number right you control everything Mm-hmm. So you really don't even need money at that point. Right. You're just in control.
0: And that's, it's crazy to me that that's where we've gotten. Because it's like we got there, but no one really, no one was really paying attention. No one saw it. And it just kind of.
1: If you look back in hindsight, it was there.
0: Right. But we weren't paying attention. We didn't see it because not everybody's inherently evil. So we don't see inherently evil things. When we look at things, they seem harmless. Yep but once it gets to a point like w- with, with how we're set up now what possibly well, what, the, what, what, what other route can it go from where we are I mean I, I personally believe that it is I mean whatever theory it lands on I believe it is heading in, in that direction I don't think it's heading in a healing direction I don't think it's heading towards a resolve where it, we meet in the middle
1: no, the whole meet in the middle thing, that ship has sailed. Right. There is no there is no meeting in the middle because the ideological divide is so great that like that's not attainable. Now, are there moderates in the world? Yeah. But they're they're they they're being forced to pick a side. Right. Because you you can't exist in both realms because they're so antithetical to each other. So if you're a business, like, I mean, I think about it, like what corporate, what corporation has, let's say, what corporation out there is not woke? Hobby Lobby. Is it?
0: I don't know, but it sounds like it. Yeah. They don't work on Sundays. Maybe Chick-fil-A.
1: Chick-fil-A is one, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I would agree. Chick-fil-A is.
0: But you got to have that good of a chicken sandwich to be able to, I mean, that's a. I mean, that is a fantastic sandwich. You know what I'm saying?
1: That is a fantastic business model. They do a great job. Like, they've probably had employee shortages, but they've made it work. hmm And the food is excellent. Always. And the, I mean, that's a, that's a prime example of, like, people were joking about it. It's like if you put Chick-fil-A in charge of distributing, vac- distributing vaccines. Distributing vaccines. Mm-hmm then you you probably have more people vaccinated. Sure.
0: It's a very efficient business model. They need to get those people on board. But, I mean, you're right there. I mean, corporations, big corporations are leaning towards the woke side just because of its assurance. It's just making sure that they have a seat at the table in the long run is what I believe. And I think that's terrifying. I think that is a horrible position to be in. And I don't see – dude, like the whistleblower – the, did you see that the Facebook whistleblower lady?
1: Oh, that yeah.
0: I, I saw the headline. I was like, cool. And then I watched it. I was like,
1: she's advocating she's, for more government. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's like, oh, this is great. They're finally going to put one of these in front of the you know in front of Congress. Let's do this. And it's like, yeah, we're not censoring it enough. Like, there's t- <laughs> suicide rates are way up. It's like, yeah, w- what? Like, no, no, you. No, that's not the kind of whistleblowing I wanted, dude. Like, There's a reason why that one got the publicity it got is because it was publicizing in the right direction.
1: And see, here's where I am quite a, uh, you know, I'm not hard set in my beliefs and I'm not hard set on a political ideology either because, you know, a lot of people on the right wing, libertarian types say, oh, well, we can't interfere with these companies because they are private enterprises and we got to let the free market exist. But I've, I'm not so much a libertarian to say like, well, wait a minute. Like, okay, if a private enterprise is stripping you of your rights, then you can't just sit back and say, well, they're a private business. Right. Like what, I mean, what if, I mean, like what if like, you know, all the major food places, grocery stores, Kroger, Walmart, Sam's, Target, we're like, you know what? We're just not going to, you, if you're unvaccinated, you can't, we're not going to sell food to you. Aww. Oh, well, they're just a private business. I guess we can't do anything. Like, what Like what do you do at that point? What, if you're not Steven Crowder. No one, you're not, no, I'm not interrupting anybody. In
0: People are going to listen to this it's and they're going to love it. It's not live. We have just did that a few minutes ago. Oh, okay. good job. Yeah.
1: Um, I did very good. It looks so good. Just real quick. So my, so my dad put the coolant in there. Yeah. And um, it said that it looks like like super brown. Like maybe there's oil going into my engine, possibly, which could be a very bad thing, and that might explain the message about my oil pressure that I'm getting. So. What car is it? The Saab. Probably have gas. Also, I mean, yeah, I mean, it will be but
2: we can have to, if we don't do anything about it. My home, my car's gonna explode, rush, So, we'll it There's a
1: thing you can do. You can do. Uh, it's a. We can keep this on the podcast because it's educational. Oh, you would you would can put a. Anything. It's a. Now, this is like only gonna get you for a certain more amount of time, but it will still eventually. But it'll it'll delay the engine blowing. Is a. It's a additive. It's got, like, little metal flakes in it, and it goes into your antifreeze, and it circulates to the head gasket and plugs that hole. So the head gasket leak that's causing the oil to get into the antifreeze would plug and stop. Right. So just, just stick your
2: finger in the leak, kind of fix sort of thing. I mean, that would work for a yeah.
1: Know what I'm i of that not I Know where the, the parking brake, brake, brake is at. so when you press the brakes and the car's not stopping, then you can use that parking brake to slow it down yeah.
0: <laughs> unless, the, unless the car explodes first and then <laughs> it'll stop by itself eventually. Oh, good problems. These are good go problems I'm sorry. Is, is this just me dumping this onto you. I appreciate that. I that so. All right.
2: Oh, cool. You All right, love you. Love you. For
1: you for, uh, seven, nine, nine, nine. What? For those that don't know, <laughs> for those that don't know, Dane has gotten... Married since yeah, exactly. since the last time i have been on the podcast, so congratulations, I've already told you but Yeah, I
0: still don't know how to fix cars. So I, I guess it doesn't come with like husbandry. I don't know. I don't I don't have any of those skills yet. I'm probably not gonna acquire them anytime soon.
1: Working on cars is not fun.
0: Sounds not fun. Um so I guess it's a good good time to segue into a different topic. We have pretty much discussed the dissipation of our country as we know it we can talk about something more minor now um so you know covid right what's the deal with what's the deal with it now
1: i I thought it was supposed to be fixed by now
0: so i had covid like two weeks ago yep and it you know It's like I didn't lose my taste or my smell, but it was like a mild flu.
1: You test positive?
0: Yeah. It's like a mild flu. And that sucked a little bit, you know? But like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am the model of health by any stretch. Um, Like, I'm not unhealthy, but I'm not like, you know, and I've been sick a lot in my life, not like definitely ill, but I get every seasonal flu possible. It wasn't anything... The, I, the swine flu was worse. I had that. That was worse. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't anything that I was like... I'm, I never was like, this is how I die. Like, I need to call my friends and tell them, you know, I'm going to die now. So, to me, I don't understand why we're still talking about this thing. Like, it's to the point now where... And I've been at this point for a while. But why... Why are we still here?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, The only thing that would potentially change anything would be as far as us talking about it or media talking about it or politicians doing anything about it. The only thing that would potentially change is if there was a change in the virus itself that made it worse. We know that the Delta variant is more transmissible. The mortality rate's about the same, though. Um, the only thing that really would change anything policy for me is if there was a somehow a magic bullet or a silver bullet, as they call it, that would fix it, that would fix the pandemic. And we know that the vaccine is not that. It doesn't stop transmission. It does keep you from Supposedly getting a worst case of COVID, um, but in no way, shape, or form is it going to end COVID? I don't think anything is.
0: No, it's a sickness, and it's here. It's like the flu. The flu hasn't ended. I just don't know how long we're going to have to talk about it. That's my thing. I'm bored with it. Yeah. I, I mean, like that's where I'm at. I'm bored with it. You said that you do these antibody tests. Would mm-hmm. you explain? We all know the word antibody. Um, I would like... Because no one ever does for you. What are antibodies?
1: Antibodies are a lasting immune response that your body creates to something that you've been infected with. So if you get the flu, you're going to have flu antibodies. If you get COVID, you're going to have COVID antibodies. They're like miniature soldiers that live inside your body. Okay. And when you get infected again, the antibodies kick in and start fighting. So there's actually three types of antibodies. One of the three is actually not an antibody at all. All Alright, so let's talk about the two that are antibodies. There's IgG and IgM antibodies. You currently in your body have both because you've recently had COVID. Right. IgM is the short-lasting effect, the kick-in, the robust Mm -hmm. fighting soldiers. And the IgG are the antibodies that lay dormant, and lay around in your body until you get exposed again, and then you, then they kick in, and then they turn into IgM antibodies. So anyways, and then the third type is a thing called T-cells. So you have a thing called T-cell immunity, which is exactly what... Well, I shouldn't say exactly. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. Do not take any of my advice. This is me just talking. I'm a high school teacher, not a doctor. But T-cell response is a thing where... Your uh, DNA in your cells also identifies an infection once again and can ramp up an immune response as well.
0: So do you get antibodies from from a vaccine?
1: You do, yes. Which kind do you get? Um, it's a good question. I have no idea.
0: Because I've just like... The whole assuming... That everybody knows what antibodies are and that everybody just knows how everything works. Like, it's not... They're doing it on purpose to just talk over your head. But I, that, I that's bothered me ever since the beginning of it. Um, now we're talking about, like, treatments to it, right? Um, which, you know... I didn't seek out any treatments, but you have... Was it monoclonal antibodies? And then you have forbidden treatments like ivermectin and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So... Why, if we have everything that we have, are we still t- talking about it? Like, what's it gonna take? Is this thing? Is this isn't that coincides with what we've already talked about.
1: Well, does so, it go away when the country goes to shit? So it's not in the power structures' best interest to let COVID fade into irrelevancy and it and covid's not going to be irrelevant because it's still killing people it's still wreaking havoc it's it's bad right but we're on like a 24 hours news cycle one thing happens then we move on to the next thing and nothing happens then we move on to the next thing and nothing happens we move on to the next thing and then those previous topics become irrelevant it's like afghanistan who's talking about that anymore no one is right so, you just move on to topic, 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 right? COVID is not allowed to do that because it it is the thing that's keeping the powerful in power, right? And again, it's dangerous. It's a horrible disease, you know.
0: Do you feel like you're conditioned to say that? Do you feel like you're conditioned to, pref- like to preface what you're saying, even though we are literally in a room in my house
1: and... I no, Our I'm not. Our audience
0: is very small, and of people that we probably know, or at least you do. Yeah, do you no, feel I'm, like I'm you not. have to preface? Because I feel like a lot of people feel like that, man. They do. I, I feel like if, even on Foxes, I watched when they talk about the vaccine. They're like, yeah, you should get the vaccine?" You know, I'm pro vaccine. You know, talk about COVID. Like, I know it's bad, and it's like, like, who are who are we still pandering to? Even in like, I yes. Uh, I, we know that COVID is a is a sickness. We, the flu is bad. The flu kills people. The flu makes people really sick. COVID does the same thing. We don't preface talking about, oh, Larry got the flu with no, I know the flu is very deadly and it kills people. We don't do that. Why do we treat this thing
1: sensitively? Right.
0: Why? Who are we
2: Who because are we doing it for?
1: it Has been, and the reason I'm saying the stuff I'm saying is not because I'm conditioned to do so, but the reason why other people are doing it is because they have attached what you say to morality, and they're deeming you immoral if you say certain things in a certain way. Right. So if you say, "Oh, COVID's not that bad," or this, this, like, "Oh, well, you just you 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 have no morals," and you know, people are dying, and this, this is that. And it's true, like, the reason why I preface it and the reason why I say what I say is because it is the just the truth, yeah. right? A lot of people say it because, you know, because they feel like they have to or else they'll get chastised. CYA. Right. I'm saying it because it's, it's actually the truth, right? It's killed a lot of people. It's, it's really bad. Right. So, as far as, like, using that as a setup that's just me in a way kind of virtue signaling kind of saying hey you know just so you know and again you catch more flies with or you catch more bees with honey than you do vinegar right right so it's my way of saying hey you know i'm not anti-vax i'm not
0: it's like saying with all due respect
1: correct yeah.
0: but yeah i mean i i just think that we're I don't know. I you know I thought we'd be done with this, and I, and now I don't think we'll ever be done with it. I just don't understand why it's so hard for people to break out of this this spell. And they don't understand and like they like they they want to get the vaccine, and then like we're getting the vaccine from the companies that the Democrats during the election process were like, oh, we're gonna bring down Big Pharma, and then it's like, but except for Pfizer, we're gonna make them real. Like the like, it's all, dude. It, it's all so made up. It's like it's out of a bad movie.
1: Mm-hmm. It is, yep.
0: And I don't think pe- that's my that's my entire argument. I don't think people know the difference anymore. I don't think they know the difference between a bad movie and real life at this point. And it's scary. It's it's really scary. I mean. It's hard to even handle, like, we're at the point where we can't even handle, like, exponential questions. Like, we can't even talk about anything else right now. Like, there's literally nothing else to talk about because this is so overbearing.
1: Well, I mean, it's the perfect weapon.
0: It's consuming. I mean, it's halting progress. There will n- there will be no progress because we cannot move on.
1: You can't. You can't move on until, one, it's over. Or two, the people come to a consensus that we are deciding that we're moving on. And half the country has and the other half hasn't.
0: It's a civil war, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So again if you look at and if you look at just timelines, the Trump presidency is in control of foreign policy in 2019, 2017, 2018, okay? And he's hammering China and he's talking about it publicly and he's being bombastic about it and aggressive and he is hurting China economically bad. Mm -hmm. China predicated their whole entire system on production and we were the number one consumer of that production. Right. And he said no more. Okay. So in my opinion, it was a bad move on his part to start that process that quick and that aggressively. All right? Because when you have a Chinese government, communist government who is dependent upon us buying their stuff and they are facing economic collapse, if these policies continue and if that guy stays in office, They're facing annihilation. They're facing economic collapse. At the hand of us. At the hand of Donald Trump's foreign policy. Trade policy. Tariffs. Trade policy, etc. Right? Right. They're facing collapse. If you back someone in a corner. And you're punching them in the gut repeatedly. And they can't get out of that corner. Then they're going to do whatever they can to get out of that corner. Right. And then, boom. Something like this happens. Right, which is all, everything points towards a bioweapon. It just does, right? So, kind
0: of it's a bioweapon.
1: No, in my opinion, we can go through why it's my opinion, but we don't have to, but yes, 100%. What's wrong? What's wrong? Still connected to your phone and getting like notifications. I don't even
0: know where my phone is currently. Sorry about that little break there. Crisis averted. I uh, got the Bluetooth headset set up. Everything's fine now. Um, I think we should segue off of COVID. What? what so we, we talked about what we've missed since last we were together. There's a whole lot of stuff there. Um, obviously we're not going to be able to get to all of it. Um, anything you'd like to touch on at all in specific, um, anything new going on with you that people would probably care about? I don't know.
1: Now I live a pretty boring life. Everything's the same.
0: Well, that's good. Um, so we are, I believe this is just the one offer. We'll have to go into I think we're doing my antibodies. Oh, we were we were talking about antibodies and what they were in the well, vaccine we can and sum that up that way yeah i mean and it's pretty much
1: man so anyways you got you got naturally produced antibodies or you have vaccine produced antibodies both of them protect you against covid right the natural antibodies and again not a doctor but everything points towards the fact that the natural antibodies protect you better than the vaccine induced antibodies and obviously other than getting COVID and recovering from it, there's a whole lot less side effects.
0: Right, which side effects for, like, the Moderna vaccine has actually led it to be suspended in some European countries
1: recently. Yeah, because they're also seeing a surge in cases, again, post 90%, 95% vaccinations.
0: Yeah, and also, like, myocarditis in younger...
1: Yeah, so that's the whole argument going on right now is, like, these... Schools out in California, and Illinois, and New York, place like that are mandating school-age children to get vaccinated. Right. But, again, not a doctor, but everything points towards the fact that young people have a greater risk of having complications from the vaccine rather than them having COVID. Now, here's the deal. If I was, like, 50-plus years old, regardless of my health status, healthy, not healthy, doesn't really matter, I'm probably gonna get it. If I'm old. You know what I'm saying? Even like without... my older relatives. Yeah. I I would want them to get it. You know so, what I'm saying? So
0: my, my mother hasn't. Yeah. But she doesn't like my, my main argument against it is we do not know anything about long term side effects. It's impossible for us to know anything about long term
1: side effects. And there's a difference between being sixty five and getting it and having complications for the rest of your life and being eight years old and getting it and having complications for the rest of your life so if you're 65 and you probably got 15 years left you're gonna have 15 years of side effects now that vaccine may buy you 15 years It's risk it's
0: risk reward but um, i mean my whole my whole thing is that it it is personal choice it is yeah and i think that's what we're getting away from with it all is i mean and we're trying to i mean it is absolutely a personal choice if you want it or not. You can't mandate it, but they're going to try to anyway. So what does that mean? Well, it was the same it?
1: thing we talked about. The corporations are going to err on the side of the politicians because they're acting mm-hmm. as a arm of the political sphere, and they're going to use the corporations to mandate vaccines. We've seen it with Southwest Airlines. We've seen it with hospitals, right? I mean, people are quitting Right. And losing their job over it. Right. Which is ludicrous. Yeah. So, I mean. The whole healthcare worker thing is crazy. It's baffling. Like, you're in the. Okay. If you're you're in the middle of a pandemic. And you're going to fire your number one asset.
0: Maybe the pandemic's not as bad as they're telling us it is.
1: It's bad. I mean, it's my opinion that it's bad. But I mean, it's I, probably not as bad as they're telling it's us. It's not right. as
0: bad as they're telling us it is. I mean, there, there's. I, look it has been going on for so long and it has so it has had so little impact on me and the people I'm around for me to believe that it is that impact like I don't know a whole lot of people but I interact with quite a bit of people and I mean I know of a handful of people who have been hospitalized by this Mm -hmm. and not just like I'm not saying like I personally know like I know of these people right and I don't operate in a huge sphere of people, but a big enough sphere of people to where I feel like if it was like the scale that they're saying it is, that it would be a little bit more pronounced to me. I don't know. And it it is a small sample size. I live in a rural place. It's isolated, but still, like, at no point of this thing has it been shut down the planet worthy. I mean, at they're this still point, trying to make it. That. at
1: this point, I don't know... Many people who haven't gotten it, right. I know I have. Right. You know you have. Everybody in my family has. Right. Everybody in my wife's family has.
0: But the severity of it is what I'm is my argument. Right. I know everybody. Like I know a whole bunch. I don't. Everybody I know has gotten the flu. It doesn't mean anything. Everybody I know has gotten strep throat. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's not polio. This isn't. This isn't smallpox, and it isn't the Spanish flu.
1: Yeah, The biggest thing that bothers me is the potentiality that the vaccines have a a high likelihood of creating variants. Mm -hmm. Because that, and again, that's not the message that's being told in the media. That's not the message that's being coded to everyone. But if you just look at evolutionary biology... And the fact that if you're going to do something to kick down a virus, then that is what sets the stage for that virus to mutate, right? Um, and again, they uh, the media saying that it's unvaccinated people that the variants are being produced out of, but that goes against every rule of biology, right? So, like, why would a virus need to mutate if it's working? If it's working. Right.
0: It wouldn't. It's, it's. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense from a like a biology standpoint at all. It's how things, like viruses mutate to survive. That is where mutations come from. If they are surviving, then they have no need to mutate to mm-hmm. sustain their existence. Every, but a virus is a living organism. Most people have to understand it's a living organism. Its entire existence is based on its, it's survival. Yep. It's... It's the only thing that That's the only thing that motivates a virus
1: And if you look at like Like we were talking earlier about the whole Sanjay Gupta Dude that yeah. was on Joe Rogan's podcast And he just got Completely eviscerated by that By Joe Rogan
0: Yeah I still haven't seen it but I'm
1: gonna watch like it. It's, it He just got completely gutted Like he did not have an answer To anything and like all these people were like Trust the science, trust the science Trust the science, trust the science It's like, wait a minute. Like, okay, here's CNN's chief doctor, who goes on TV daily and is talking about what we need to do in regards to COVID. And you have a normal guy, a normal dude like Joe Rogan, who's asking him questions, and he doesn't have answers for him. His only answer is, "But man, you you just need to get the vaccine." Yeah, you just need to get the vaccine.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just there are there's like no evidence. It's all, and we already know the the vaccines. The vaccine is mm-hmm. not
1: the silver bullet. It doesn't stop transmission.
0: Nothing does. It doesn't
1: stop infection. Nothing does. You know what you know what helps people with the flu? Tamiflu. Is that a vaccine? And rest. And rest. Like Tamiflu is a therapeutic. And here's here's this is where where I'm going to segue and then after this we can drop COVID if you want to, but Awesome. The answer is testing. Period. So every Monday and every Thursday, I have these little at-home tests where I swab my nostril, put some drops in a thing, and shove a cotton swab into the thing, and then within five minutes, it tells me if I have COVID or not. It's been negative every time, okay? This is a very simple thing. It's a cotton swab, a dropper, and cardboard. It doesn't have to be kept at a certain temperature. It's very easy to manufacture. They're being mass manufactured right now. Why this is not the direction we're going in and why we're going in the why are we going in the direction of a faulty vaccine that doesn't stop transmission, doesn't stop infection, why we're not going the route of testing is beyond me. So let's think about it this way Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, all these vaccine companies. Biontech's the other one. If they can manufacture a technological miracle, like let's let's be honest, we, we have our reservations about the vaccine, but it is an impressive thing that they have created.
0: So people don't start sprouting heads out of their asshole in a few years. Which is possible.
1: But let's say it doesn't happen, right? It's still a medical technological feat that is impressive. Yeah. Right. They haven't they've made enough vaccines for the entire world to get to get one twice. Right. So we're talking like fourteen billion. Yes. The test is way easier to make. This little it's cardboard and a cotton swab and a little it's like it's pregnancy tests are an example that we know how to do we've known how to do testing for a long time in a variety of different things. Mm -hmm. Right. The test is also $5 per test. So I buy a box of 2, right? And I buy like 8 at a time on walmart.com or CVS, whoever has them, right? Why is production of these tests not ramped up? What is does it what what really matters? If you want to stop the pandemic, can you stop COVID infection? No. What you can stop, however, is transmission. And the only way that you know or the only way to stop transmission is for one, for people to know that they're positive, and for two, for them to stay away for the given amount of time that they need to stay away. So how do you do that? Like this could this we've could have we could have ended this already. We could have ramped up testing, get enough tests for people to take two a week or one a week. You test positive, you stay home, you stay away from everybody else. And the virus goes Boom! Downhill, it plummets.
0: Yeah, or I mean, that's when it mutates too, though. When
1: I mean, it doesn't have a host.
0: Well, I mean, it's gonna have a host. It's, it's gonna find a host.
1: Right. I mean, but you know, you'll never eradicate it. It's never going to be eradicated, well, right?
0: And I think that's what we got to realize: is it's not an eradicatable thing; is it's always going to be here.
1: But that's what the money needs to be thrown at—not an imperfect vaccine.
0: Right, but but that's not. No. Oh. Why? She texted me
1: seven minutes ago and said somebody just beat on Britney's door. And that was it. So I said, who? Is she okay?
0: Ah, uh, just oh, leave so it down. Much. Let me know what she says. She didn't text me. Probably. Should, I
2: take, should I call
1: Brittany? Yeah, call Brittany. But if you ramp up testing and everybody's taking a test, I mean, and so think of, If you get exposed to it, it's like four or five days until you start showing symptoms and start also shedding virus too. So if you're testing within that range every four days,
0: I mean, and playing devil's I advocate, mean, if that's what we do, then why don't we do that with everything? When we have an at-home flu test? Because you know they can make that.
1: They could. I don't know why they wouldn't.
0: So we just at-home testing for everything. It seems
1: if they could make the vaccine, they could make that.
0: I know they could. I don't know. They're gonna make
1: plenty of money off of it too. So it's I, see, I'm more, of a, I'm more of a herd immunity guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a i mean, because I'm not a... But if it's a bioweapon and it's going to continue to... If it's a bioweapon and it doesn't work, then they're going to kill us a different way. It's a, well, I, I think it's just a weaponized... Not necessarily... I don't think it's designed to kill everybody. If you kill everybody, then you don't have anything to control. I think it's designed control. to do
0: what it's doing.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that... <laughs> we live in a
0: movie. It is. It's a, and it's a shitty movie, too. It's not even a good movie. Like, but good always wins. It does. Not in Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah, Bran was kind of a... Bleh.
0: And dude, look, the whole damn show was not good guys winning for the most part. I'm just saying, movies good guys win. Real life, for the most part, we beat the really bad guys eventually. But they eventually. usually, But they usually win a little bit first.
1: They do, and they
0: are. I mean, and, and that's... You know, it's been so long since we've done this. You know, so many little things have happened. It's it's just so hard to, like, everything else seems so trivial in the grand scheme of where we're headed. You know, I mean, we talked about them making the Washington, D.C. estate and ending the filibuster and doing all of these things to over throw basically overthrow the government and you know it's almost like they're just they already did so why do they need to do all that stuff that, that's what it seems like now It's almost like they're like you know we could have done that but they're trying to get everything into four years so that there's not anything left to do after that and I and when we
1: say they let's be clear Joe Biden has no idea what's going on.
0: No, I'm talking I'm talking they and cuz I believe this is purely a ruling elite class. I'm not even talking about Democrats specifically. I'm talking about career politicians who are looking out for their self-interest when it comes to decisions that are being made politically. I think that's the real problem is that our politicians have been it's um they are now the ruling elite. It's not so much about like we have the candidates to vote for we don't really pick the candidates No, like we have the people that we can vote for we don't get to choose who those people are those people are decided either from the parties themselves or who's got enough money to run a loud enough campaign
1: oh so let's talk about that are you aware of the democrat super delegate system I'd love to hear about it it is crazy so what you do is during the primaries, when the Republicans are selecting their candidate via election and the Democrats are sec- selecting their candidate via election, the Democrats use a superdelegate system, which basically liquidates down every Democrat voter. So like Bernie Sanders won the Democrat primary in 16 and in 20. But the way the superdelegate system works is you have like 450 high-ranking Democrat members. Some of them aren't even politicians. Some of them are CEOs. Right. Some of the they're just high ranking people, powerful people. And those people are called superdelegates. And their one vote for a particular candidate is equal to like fifty thousand of the people's votes. So like if you had someone like Bernie Sanders who won Iowa, Iowa caucus, North Carolina, all these Really big st- states for Democrats in primaries. At the end of it, the superdelegates just cast who they want, anyways. Right? And they liquidate down the vote, and this is why Hillary Clinton got it in sixteen. This is why Joe Biden got it in twenty. Now the Republicans don't have a superdelegate system. Which is system, why Trump got it. Which is why Trump won. Nobody. Because if they had a super system, no. Yeah, nobody in the Republican Party wanted Donald Trump, and nobody in the Democrat Party, people-wise, wanted Hillary Clinton. Or Joe Biden, but the superdelegates, the powers that be, the most part, and this is why that like that's the that is a that's an anecdote that this thing is is a cabal. Like, how many Democrats have you talked to that were like Joe Biden guys from the get go?
0: I don't talk to Democrats. So, <laughs> <laughs> every everybody that I talked to that was remotely Democratic was just an anti Donald Trump guy.
1: But how many of them were like, like man? Joe Biden's my guy or Hillary Clinton, she's my gal. The she's, only
0: people that I ever heard say anything like that were people who don't follow politics at all.
1: Yeah, and they don't
0: have a clue. And it was anti Donald Trump and that was the person that they knew that was going against Donald Trump, so they're pro whoever
1: else. And it's just such a But most of the lefties were like Bernie guys. Yeah. Or and there was a lot of Tulsi Gabbard people. A lot of people like Pete Buttigieg. They did. So
0: they're not gonna like him anymore because he's done a really horrible job ever since he's been appointed.
1: Yeah, he's the transportation secretary in case you didn't know. Yeah. And our economy is about to go into a full-blown collapse because of supply chains. I think
0: that's when it happens, man. I think that's the tipping point. You think so? I think that's the tea in the harbor.
1: It's December. I mean, to happen. They can't get those one boats of my unloaded. My
0: favorite professors I ever had in college and you had her too and not only just a good person but a Janice De La Mer and yep. she you look at any war in history and she always said that this is how war started she's like you make people hungry so hungry people become angry people and angry people start do stuff. wars and they do stuff and that's the that's what's going to happen You and hunger is not just that hunger, hunger for something, not particularly food, food is a big one, obviously, but you start taking away livelihood and livelihood is what's going to get taken away. You have, you're going to, you, we already have supply chain issues, gas is rising. We have, and it, look, I work in the food industry and dude, at my, at, at my work, we're paying people $13 an hour to do this job and it's not worth $13 an hour. It's fundamentally I'm against it 100%. But here's the rub, right? So $13 an hour is what you start at. You cap out at 14 an hour. If you've been there for a year and a half, you can make a dollar more at the same position as somebody who just started, right? So it took five seconds for people to figure that out and get pissed off that had already been there. They're like, I deserve to make more money than this person They just started. Like, why am I making the same? Mm-hmm. And I told everybody that was there because I know... Two people in my store that voted Republican, and I know like seven people in my store that voted at all. And I just, and the, this is what you voted for. This is what you wanted. Like this is what you wanted. This is what you get.
1: Well, it's, you get it's,
0: no separation.
1: It's of, using the private sector to usher in socialism,
0: and it is, and it's forcing the hand of these corporations. Like this is a franchise-based restaurant. This isn't a giant corporation. No, it's a franchise. This is out of necessity. The owner of this franchise is saying, "I'm going to pay people more money because." I'm killing the people that are at work right now because they're having to work every day. So I have to pay people more money to get more people to come to work. What
1: happened to your FLC?
0: No, it's astronomically bad. It's so bad. And Are they even making money? Well, yeah, because they've been making so much money during the pandemic.
1: But, I mean, is, is the store making money,
0: It'll make c- some money comparatively? It's only The only reason he's able to do this is because he owns 100 stores.
1: Transfer wealth.
0: If he owns five stores, he can't. If you f- now, what he's going to do is now the people who own five stores can't compete. He's going to have to buy them out. He's going to own more stores. It's transferable. Well. The, the big are going to get bigger. The rich get richer and the poor get poor. And that's how this is going to go. And we are bridging into the early stages of socialism. And it's being, is a very, very, very clever coup. It's a good coup. They, I did not give them enough credit. For how well they pieced this all together. They set oh, this nobody up. Nobody said
1: they were dumb. They set this thing they up. They are I,
0: smart. Yeah, but I thought, you know.
1: They're just not well intentioned.
0: They've been planting these $15 an hour minimum wage. They sowed that.
1: Green New Deal. They
0: sowed $15 an hour to the country. And there's an entire generation of people who believe that making food in a fast food restaurant is worth $15 an hour and they wouldn't come back to work until they got it. They sowed that seed until people believed it and they believed that's what their worth was. And now it's going to collapse the entire economy, which is what you have to do to create socialism. There's going to be such a disparity of ownership and wealth. It's going to weed out all of the people in the middle. There's not going to be small business owners. You're either going to be a big business owner or you're not going to own a business. It's
1: transfer wealth, yeah. It's absolutely, it's all it is. You're transferring wealth from the middle class to the upper. I mean, look at the housing market right now. So, in, In case you didn't notice this. No, I don't want to look at the house. Any kind of available real estate is getting bought for two reasons. Population shifts. You got people from California that are paying top dollar for real estate here, so it's driving up housing prices here. Secondary thing that's happening is that... What's happening to all those vacant houses in California? Well they're getting bought up by real estate firms, right? So those real estate firms can own all of the real estate in That's a given class. area and create a pauper system, create right. a permanent rental class. Yeah. Right? And I, I told I told some of the younger people this that I talked to. You, when you get out of college Or you go to work or whatever it is and the time comes in your mid twenties, early twenties, late twenties, whenever it is, comes time for you to buy a home, it ain't happening. No. You're not gonna be able to afford to buy a house. And that is the number one thing that gives you financial freedom. Because it's the one thing where you always get a return on investment. It always increases in value. It's not like buying a car or Corvette or buying stocks that could go up or down, land, property, always goes up. Mm -hmm. So that is the one thing that gives people financial freedom. So like for me, I could pay off debt by borrowing against my equity. So my house, me owning a house, allowed me to leverage that to gain financial freedom in other categories. Because you own more money. Right. Now, I don't have that money in the bank. It's a liquid asset. Right. I don't have that hundred grand in equity sitting there, but I can borrow against it and use it to achieve financial Because you're a property free. owner. Right. What happens when the next generation of America isn't property owners and can't be? Okay, well, maybe they'll eventually become property owners from their parents. But, oh, wait, the inheritance tax kicks in now and you got to buy your house from the government again.
0: Yeah. And this is a I mean this has been a thing that's been it's been happening, but what it's going to cause? I mean like what originally what gave you citizenship in this country? Being born. Owning property gave yeah. you a right to vote, gave you a right to representation. That wasn't just because saying only people that own property are worthy of voting. It's because when you own stake in something, it means more to you. (laughs) When you own stake in the land, it means more to you. That vote impacts you directly, impacts your life. That's why it was established that way. Not Not to take anything away from people who didn't own property, but to signify the importance of the stake that you hold in this place because it is your place. It gives you more value. And they're taking that away from people. They're, the inability, and it's not because there's no land. It's not because there's no room. It's not because of overpopulation. That's a myth, dude. Yep. The overpopulation is horseshit. I'm looking. I don't like people at all. So I'm not saying that to be like, oh, we need more people. Like I wish we didn't have any more people. But the fact of it is, we can squeeze people in here. There's plenty of space. No doubt. There's room to build. There's room for people to own stuff. And you know, I'm a capitalist person i believe in the capitalist system i don't think you should just give people stuff i don't think everybody deserves to own stuff i think you should work for it and you earn it and that's what gives your life value is by earning what you have i don't think we should just give people land but we should make it obtainable
1: well it's what it's what gives purpose to life right as well is that you you know you do the right things and you're rewarded for it. And if you live in a system where you're getting rewarded for doing the wrong things, then the collapse of the society is inevitable. It's not even a if thing, it's a when thing. And for us and us having this conversation, when is the win for me? I'm I'm thinking months,
0: yeah, but it sounds scary to people when you say months, because they say you know, you know, months is so soon. But when it's been happening and it's been in the works for years, because that's what people need to understand. Like, man, and it's it,
1: compounding, accelerating,
0: right? And and people always say, oh, you know, it's you know, oh, this is not going to happen in my lifetime. It's not going to happen. Well, how long have they been saying it's not going to happen in my lifetime? When does that catch up? I think it catches up. I think it catches up soon. And I mean, you know, I don't want to say months because I hope it's not. But I don't think it's, I think think we are, I think it's this decade for sure.
1: What do you, okay, so the midterms are coming up next year. We're about a year and a month away from the midterms. I think
0: that's going to be a huge tell if we make it to that
1: point. But I mean, what do you, if let's say we do make it to the midterms.
0: If it doesn't flip, something's up. If it doesn't flip, something's up. If it doesn't flip, it's done.
1: Because the past 10 months has been an unmitigated disaster. I've and and this is kind of where I wanted to get to in this podcast is I try to be open-minded. I've looked at history. The Democrats have their sins, the Republicans have their sins. Neither side is blameless in this equation and currently they both suck right they're Uh, both not the best of people but this has been a complete and total failure like i we're we're both history guys we both liked history Mm -hmm. right liked in high school liked in college talked about it regularly in a non-academic setting it's a heavy part of this podcast when have you seen a worse presidency? When have you seen a decline in the country as a whole this quick?
0: Well, and before I say anything, I would like to clarify for anybody who's a fence rider that might listen to this, and it's not you can't just look at a president. It is a this is a group effort. You know? So like don't get I, I hate it when people get turned off because they just think people are bashing You know, Biden, because of what he's doing, he's doing a horrible job. But this is a team effort, and that whole team, there has not been, I mean, obviously, in my lifetime, there's not been a worse presidency at all. What's up? Is he asleep? Yeah, he'll be fine.
1: I'll move him. Okay, let me know. But if you look at the Romans, it was... My sister's house
0: is currently being broken into. Sorry for the interruption. Really?
1: I doubt it. She's probably just being dramatic. Well, we'll go over there and handle it. Absolutely.
0: Do. I've been waiting to try this bad boy out.
1: <laughs> but if you look at the Romans, it was a slow withering, right? right? Even the Soviet Union, slow withering, right? We have, we're in free fall. Yeah, and... But has the slow withering been happening? That's
0: that's the question. Yep. Because, yes, it felt like a free fall at the end of the Roman Empire, but looking back at it, and we can look at... And that's the thing about history, is you can look back at it and watch everything happen slowly. But when you're in the middle of it, you don't see it because there's so much happening, you don't know how fast it's happening. To to your question, no, This, I mean... You can't name. There have been ineffective presidencies. There have been a lot of meaningless presidencies where nothing positive happened, but nothing catastrophically negative happened. Whereas just total indifference when it came to what was going on. There's been bad ones. But when you talk about how quickly and how much and the impact, I mean, it, I don't believe in polls much. Because they left lean really hard, typically. I, th- this is the lowest approval rating of any president since the since that poll has been in place, significantly. And he's oh, only had he's only had ten months to do it.
1: The Trafalgar poll, which is the gold standard, mm-hmm. but people claim that it leans right. But we are a right of center country, so it's accurate. Mm-hmm the Trafalgar poll has him at like 17% approval rating.
0: 17? Yes. No way. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. The Quintopac poll, Quinnipiac. That's poll. the one I'm looking at right now. Yeah, the Quintopiac poll. that
0: one That that one is the Quinnipiac poll is usually left-leaning I know they, they Uh 53% job approval rating, the lowest score. He's received from the American people. Uh, They pretty much hate everything about it. Um, (laughs) Personal traits. 44% of people say he's honest. 41% of people say he has good leadership skills. Um, More than half of Americans say, 55% of Americans say that Biden's administration is not competent in running the government. And that's 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 Quinnipiac, bro. Like that is that's Quinnipiac. That's like 73% poll that said Biden was gonna win Florida. Are you looking it up? I I read it.
1: I that, that wasn't me. No, yet. I'm looking at the Trafalgar.
0: Oh yeah. I mean those are that's real poll data that I'm not pulling out of my ass. That's eight hours ago from Quinnipiac. You know, we keep getting support, you know, from you guys in the podcast. Eventually, we'd be able to have like a statistician here with us, you know, and we wouldn't have to spend all this time looking stuff up on our phone. So, if you guys could just donate money, then we could do this and do a great job.
1: The uh, Trafalgar's behind a paywall, so uh, greedy.
0: Secondary Quinnipiac poll saying that. 97% 97% of Americans do, in fact, believe the government is ran by a shadow cabinet of lizard people. So, that, I
1: believe
0: 97%? That. 97%. That one, don't look that one up.
1: I didn't know that went so mainstream. Yeah, man, it's lizard people. Just For clarification, I'm not sure if the lizard people are real. But they're real. We are not. The lizard people look at their eyes bro <laughs>
0: dude i just it kills because i saw some i saw something else on facebook the other day and i also use facebook i don't use tiktok because i think that's chinese propaganda but it doesn't matter um i saw another thing on facebook the other day is like you click on this video and you can look at the eyes of this of these people on tv about them being lizard people and it's like not fact checked and then like i scroll down and something about vaccine mandates and it's fact checked i'm just like dude, this is so backwards man Like either let people read this dumb shit and believe whatever they want, or don't let them read anything and take it all down. Like you think it's more harmful for people to be scrutinizing a medical crisis than it is for people to be literally thinking that lizard people exist. Like get like dude, just leave everybody alone. Like that that's that is why I identify as conservative because that's my philosophy, man. Just leave everybody alone. Like let them be.
1: Like, think about this way: if we were to, okay, so I was talking to some of my students, and like some of them had the genuine question of like, what were the nineties like? Because we're talking about music, dope. We're talking about music, and I was talking about nineties music, and you know, it's how it shaped how music is today. Anyways, it was a music conversation, and then we transitioned that transition to like, what was it like then? And I was trying to explain it to him. I was like, it was just more do whatever you want. Yeah. It was, and I I hesitate to use the term freedom. Like, it was more free then. Because that's so, like, American. And cliche. Yeah, Yeah. cliche. But I was like, 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 for example, like, you, like, us as teenagers or early adults, not early, not approaching teenage years, right? Right. Right. In the nineties and early two thousands, like like you could just do whatever. Yeah, you do whatever you want. You just do stuff. You could like, you could just walk out of your house. Yeah, and go to someone else's house. It's it's really and like how many how many how many people did like how many people did we know and associate like we weren't rich, but everything was just better. It was, like, just functioning. Like, everything was just normal, and it was functioning. And, like, like, we never went without our parents had jobs. Right. Like, it just, it worked. It was functioning. Yeah. like And I, con- contrast that now to dude, the way kids are now. And that,
0: dude, that's one of the big things, like, because, like, Kate is 12, I think. About to be thirteen, or she just turned thirteen? I think. She was, I don't know. She's right at that age, like. And then, like you know, we got a uh, we got Braylon who's seven, we got Memphis is five, and like, bro, when we were like 12, twelve, thirteen, like, you remember like you and Dollar and I think Coy, like rode y'all's bikes to the Mexican restaurant in Eagleville? <laughs> yeah. Thir- that's,
1: thirteen miles. That's
0: a fifteen minute ride in a car. Like, y'all rode bicycles to a different town down a highway because that's the only way you can get there and then ate Mexican food and then rode back on your bicycles
1: like I, I, I lived on the bicycle yeah like dude, I used it for transport I, I had autonomy
0: you know, Floyd lived down the street and Jordan Ray lived down the street and Franklin lived down the street for a while Googler lived down the street like, like I would ride them, like dude I, like there were times that Floyd would as like a 12 year old think he was sneaking out of his house like his parents knowing and he would ride his bike down here at like 9 o'clock at night and like just walk into my house and like come in and hang out for a little bit like like we were kids and we would just literally middle of the night just riding our bikes around just but we didn't they, our parents didn't worry about stuff like I remember Gugger was like a 9 year old kid like a child like in elementary school like a kid with no sense of anything. Walk like his mom let him walk down the street. My mom let me walk down the street to his house. He would just walk down here after school and we would play in the backyard and Mm -hmm. then he would walk back to by himself like parents like you can't do that anymore. Kids don't do that anymore. Because we don't trust anybody anymore. Because there's no sense of community anymore. We're scared of everybody now. We think everybody's the disease carrying Murderer that's going to breathe on us and we're going to die. Like, that is a huge cultural problem. We have no sense of community anymore. At all. We don't trust our neighbor. We don't know our neighbors. True. And it didn't used to be like that. Like, and I don't know why it's happened. And I don't know when it happened. But it just did. All of a sudden. I don't know. I think that's a huge problem. Like
1: like, trick-or-treating is a good anecdote. Yeah. Like my neighborhood was the hot spot. And like you would have trick-or-treaters for hours, hundreds and hundreds. Like my parents would have to buy a grotesque amount of candy. Right. And like the past couple years, I've had like six in the middle of town.
0: Yeah. And dude,
1: you have like six people. And we so, used to
0: go trick or treating. Like, we would just get dropped off in yes. a subdivision. Yep. That that's what, like, like I remember trick or treating in like middle school, <laughs> like, and like we would just get dropped off in Caney uh, Can- o- Creek.
1: The and we just go through Caney Creek. Our parents meet us at the other end. The only fear thing that was attached to trick or treating or Halloween was like you got to put your animals indoors so the devil worshippers don't sacrifice <laughs> right? them, right?
0: <laughs> That was it. I mean, and like, like I don't
1: know if that was the thing at your house, but my parent, my mom was like, "Hey, we gotta gotta get, don't let don't let sassy out, don't let limpy out because the devil." Which was probably a complete unnecessary thing to do. Like, who's going to be able to catch a cat? Yeah, like, I, what yeah. is this Usain Bolt out here yeah, catching yeah, and, cats to sacrifice them? Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't. My parents never said anything about that. Um it's probably just a. a Burkett household I believe, that, I believe that was specific <laughs> to your household. Um, we never had any uh, uh, Satanist sacrifices around here. Um, you know, it's a very nice neighborhood out here, though. So, I mean, it's very possible. Um, hold on. Oh, cool. So, my sister's coming over. Um, she's going to stay here tonight. This is a recent development. So somebody knocked on her door. The police were there. They couldn't find anybody. Some weird bag was left on her front porch.
1: Huh? I bet there's poop in it. So uh, what about what about Phil Valentine, man? That's crazy.
0: Hold on. Get the fuck on, I'm gonna we're gonna step away for just one second. I, I gotta loose. pee, anyways. Okay, cool. We're gonna take a break. Then we'll come back and talk about Phil. Wrap it all up. All
1: right. So we had a recent rev- revelation. No, that ain't that ain't the right. Thing. Also, but anyways,
0: sorry for the false alarm. It was my wife playing a practical joker. My sister is
1: fine. There is no bag. I've been I've been I've been duped. So, we're good there. But anyways, we're we're talking about stuff how like people have things that are specific to their family and you know, we talked about the <laughs> let me be very careful with my words here. My family does not sacrifice animals. To no, they're just, to a, they're just a Satan. Um, they were afraid <laughs> a, that on Halloween that people do that. And so we've kept our animals indoors, which is not something that happens, apparently. But the other thing <laughs> was, I, I went to use the bathroom and I saw some Q tips in Dane's bathroom. And they go. I do what I do. And I take the Q tips and I wet them a little bit in my mouth via saliva. And. Then I put them in my ear and I clean my ears because that's what we do as Burkett's. My brother, my dad, and myself, we all do that. So I asked Dane, I was like, hey, do you do this? And he was like, no.
0: (laughs) I thought it was a trick question. I I don't know. It sounds like when everybody's got their their family quirks, Um, I just feel like that is disgusting. Honestly, that's kind of gross.
1: I mean, looking at it now, yeah, like, but I'm not going to stop doing it. <laughs> this is so <laughs> it's, weird. I mean, we're going 29 years let me, strong. Let me clean these air canals with some... So how do you do it? Stick. How do you do it? How do you clean your ears? You put the Q-tip in your ear.
0: Hey, yeah, clean it.
1: With no moisture? Yeah, man. <laughs> See, I
0: can't... You can just go in there dry with it, bro. I don't <laughs> know what to tell you. I don't think
1: that's... I mean...
0: You think, you think that... Putting mouth bacteria in that ear is better than. You
1: get the guy; saliva breaks down the wax, gets it moving.
0: That's grosser than anything I've heard so far.
1: I mean, I've A little
0: spit shine in that earlobe, bro. That's that's. Let's
1: see what else. Uh, your family notorious for not cooling soft drinks. Yeah. Y'all yeah,
0: were- it was because I don't know. It's because my family bought so many when like we had a closet full of soft drinks. I think it was more, I think it was more consolidating for fridge space than it was. I will say. So this isn't my family, but a weird thing that I know some families do. I don't know some. Fa- I know that one family for sure did this, and it was Cody Dollar's family. Put batteries in the freezer. Like, before they used them, like, that extended their shelf life or something.
1: Well, Dave's pretty handy, so that might work. It is weird. I don't know how. But you could apply the same concept to the saliva Q-tip.
0: Putting batteries in a freezer?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not logical, but you could argue it. You You could argue anything. I mean, I've I've heard of people putting coffee in the freezer.
0: I yeah, uh, that that keeps it fresher, I
1: guess. But batteries have more <laughs> juice when they're warm. That's yeah. why like cars have trouble starting in the winter.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was just a weird thing. Like we used to play video games over there, and he'd be like, "I got batteries," and he cut it in his refrigerator. <laughs> and it's like, all right, man. I guess. What are you doing? I guess that's cool. Does everybody else keep every plastic bag that they ever get, ever? Yeah. Why do we do that? Because I have an entire cabinet full of plastic bags. I've been accumulating them for like 29 years. <sighs>
1: I use them to take my lunch in.
0: See, I'm very environmental, and I use a reusable bag. to I, So, as a guy, this is another thing that I've realized getting older, is I have a whole bunch of shit, right? And we're not allowed to carry purses, which... Like we missed that. That was a, we should have got on that that ship before it sailed, bro. Because
1: I I could use a purse. I
0: carry a backpack and I carry a reusable grocery bag with all the shit in it that I could ever need. need. Like I have fingernail clippers. I have my medicine. I have I could put drinks in it. I got like disposable gloves. Like I keep everything in there.
1: Yeah, the life of coaching football. You you got to have a change of outfit every yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, socks, underwear. Like you're gonna sweat out everything. And so you got to have a change of clothes. Some people do a three changes of clothes. You got your school clothes and you got your practice practice clothes and then you got your post-practice drive-home clothes. I just drive home in the sweaty clothes because I'm a Neanderthal, but... Hey,
2: somebody's got to do it.
1: But, you know, I, the, the reusable grocery bag, plastic.
0: But we still get plastic grocery bags from the store and save all of them. Like, I have, like, I have a, probably, like, 50,000. You
1: have some from like 06.
0: (laughs) I have some from Rex's when it was still Rex's. Yeah,
1: how do